Welcome to You Hear Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taku. And I'm Luna. This month, we're happy to have two guests joining us. The first is Petter, also known as Big Daddy Swede on Discord, <laughs> also known as... Yeah, I am not calling you that, just so you know, you are Petter. Um, oh, yeah, thank also you. <laughs> known as the host of the other Attack on Titan podcast, Titan Tea Time, which I recommend you all uh, check out. Anyway, Petter, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So you guys recorded your podcast yesterday. Is this a do-over or is it uh, a... Um... The day before yesterday, actually, or as of this recording. I mean, I, I don't want to view this as a, as a do-over because I, I feel like it. You, you guys have a pretty different uh, focus, I think, in your podcast, like you, you got the, with, with the poll and all that. Uh, uh-huh. So I think, I think, it, it, I think it's going to turn out pretty differently. And I'm very happy to, to be part of both, especially for this specific chapter, because I really, really enjoy this chapter a lot. Well, that's good to hear. It will be interesting to listen to Titan Tea Time and see if you've changed your mind in the past uh, two days on some things. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Anything can happen, yeah. Also, I'm calling you Big Papa for the rest of the podcast. Please don't, because I'm Mom Taco and he's... Yeah, <laughs> Renan in the podcast server has already already joked that we should be like mom and dad during the right. podcast. And no, no. <laughs> Welcome, Petter. The end. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and our second guest is uh, a favorite of ours and someone who has been on the podcast a couple times before. Um, welcome, Coffee. Good to have you back again. You guys are so sweet. Thank you so much <laughs> um, for inviting me. Uh, my name is Coffee Life on Discord. I'm Attack on Mom Life on Twitter and on Tumblr, and I cover Shingeki events, and I'm an Aaron fan. A very, like very big like Aaron fan. Like, uh, like an AA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a recovering Aaron fan. If people saw your Aaron collection, you would go to, yeah, anonymous Aaron fan. I should, yeah. yeah. It's not good. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. But at least you have a lot of Aaron plushies to keep you safe in event of an earthquake. So that's good, I guess. See, <laughs> I I told my husband that I'm like, look, we got Pillow Mountain, <laughs> and if there's an earthquake, we can use the pillows to shield us from falling Aaron figures. So it's good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and um, you also go to a lot of um, SNK related events in Japan. Now I know because of the coronavirus virus there aren't many going on right now but you were able to visit three before the pandemic broke out and you took a lot of pictures while you were there i did you did and you're going to share them with us uh, in an upcoming live stream which will have been recorded by the time this podcast is out um but it will be uploaded on our main channel so you can see all the events all the cute merchandise the food Real or fake? I'm really looking forward to discussing that with you as well. Because I have questions. Great, great. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it too. I, I don't know if I have answers. <laughs> but I will do my best. <laughs> awesome. So let's start off with our chapter impressions. What did you think? Did you guys love it? Hate it? Any disappointment? Let's start with um, with you, Petter. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, as, I, as I think I mentioned earlier, I... I I enjoyed this chapter so much. In fact, uh, on the Titan Tea Time episode from 
the previous month, uh, when we talked about the previous chapter and like predictions and, and whatnot, I said that I wanted like I, I wanted an entire chapter where it's just all of the members of the alliance talking and interacting in in new ways and and just having you know a lot of like drama and character development happening. I didn't really think it like that my, my wish would come true about that, but it did, which I was so happy about. I didn't have anything too specific like that I wanted to happen. But but yeah, you know, Isayama pulled off a, a very good chapter in the same vein that I wished for, and uh, I I was very, very pleasantly surprised by this chapter. What about you, Coffee? Um, you know me, I'm like a basic bitch for Shingeki, so I'm very <laughs> easily pleased. <laughs> um, it didn't have Aaron, so negative points there, but I, I felt like it, it went well with the previous chapter, and um, yeah, I wanted to see I wanted to see like the behind the scenes. I wanted to see them talking. I wanted to see how they, you know, how they put the plan together. So I, I really enjoyed it. Luna? Um, it was definitely an improvement over last chapter. And I really did like certain scenes with John and I hated other scenes with John. So I'm a little bit conflicted on this chapter, but um Overall, I'm pleased with it. How about you, Montaku? Well, I am back on the hype train. I gave this one a 5 out of 5. Like with Petra, it hit all the notes that I wanted to see. So now let me ask, um, Petra, I, I listened to your 126. You, I know, Coffee, you liked last month's chapter, right? You enjoyed 126? I was the minority, yes. <laughs> okay. What about you, Petra? Were you in the minority that loved it or were you kind of iffy about it as well? I was, I, I, overall, I definitely enjoyed it as well. So I guess I was also in that minority. Um, okay. Like the only, the only scene that I personally didn't really enjoy as much was the short, very short scene last chapter with uh, Mikasa and Louise. Uh, other than that, for last chapter, I was very, very content with it. Okay. I hated it. <laughs> Luna hated <Same>. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I know. <laughs> So we asked on the poll, the previous chapter was not well-received. How do you feel about 126 now that we have the follow-up? So Luna, I wanted to know how you felt. Did it improve? Are your feelings lessened? Are you unchanged? Uh, I said that it still sucks balls, in my opinion, because I will never get over <laughs> high. Um, but I did appreciate that we got more insight into Jean, this chapter. That was a good addition. I'm a bit iffy on, you know, how they were able to all meet up and talk about the plan. But yeah, I think my main gripes with last chapter were the Rakago uh, plotline and the pie encounters. So the, this chapter didn't really do anything to fix that. Yeah, my feelings are unchanged as well. I just, it still, it still was not a great chapter and this didn't fix it. This was a great chapter. 126 mm -hmm. was not. So what about chapter MVP? Coffee, who who did you especially enjoy this chapter? Okay. I don't send me hate mail. I I, <laughs> I really my my MVP was um Gabby. Because I I feel like um for the direction in which I think he's making the story go, she in especially in this chapter kind of represents where we need to get to, um, to for these people to have a future right for for everyone to kind of come together 
and have a future. There needs to be dialogue and there there needs to be, um, which will bring a change in the way people think about each other once. Like, it's kind of like what Hanji said a few chapters ago. Uh, if people get to know us, they won't they won't hate us. And it's not as easy as that. But she kind of represents that that change is possible. So I thought she really exemplified that in this chapter. Do you do you want to know on the poll how many people selected Gabby? <laughs> Probably not a lot. <laughs> one point one point three percent. Was that just me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently, as we record this, we're right at fifteen hundred entries and ni- nineteen of them. So, not yay, popular. nineteen people. <laughs> yay. <laughs> no, but I think your explanation was pretty good on why you chose her as the MVP. I can get behind that. Absolutely. Her moment in this chapter was amazing, in my opinion. It was like one of the highlights, like highest highlights of this chapter, <laughs> I think. That's one reason why on the poll we put in that Likert scale about how this chapter, how have your opinions changed? And I think this is honestly the first time that we've seen a huge surge in approval for Gabby. I mean, there was uh, the majority of respondents so far did select that most more favorable option, which is nothing we have seen before with Gabby. Usually people (laughs) are just, you know, kind of begrudging to like her. And this time it looks like maybe people are on the Gabby train. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Pattern? Who is (laughs) Gabby gang? Do we ever get through a podcast that we don't start chanting Gabby gang? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what about you, Petter? Who was your Who was your guy? Uh, I have to go with a boring answer, which is Jean, because I I, I just thought. Well, I, I feel like this chapter was very much his chapter, pretty much through and through. It started with his uh, fantasy, and then went on to be very like he, he interacted. Like first, he had pretty interesting interaction with Magus, and then the whole Reiner thing, obviously. And I, I think I think he he shone throughout this chapter and did yeah I, I enjoyed him a lot and he's he's like he might be getting into my top ten of favorite characters for the series soon because uh, I don't know yeah uh, lately he's really grown a lot for me so he's somebody that you didn't like before I've never disliked him he's just okay I guess I mean I think I liked him especially in the Trost arc I think he had an interesting role there mm. but after the Trost arc. Like, I don't know, uh, he didn't interest me as much until recently. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. And for me, it was also Jean. I loved um, I, I loved Gabby and Hanji. And I mean, I loved all, everyone got a moment to shine this month. Everyone got to express their voice. What I liked best about this chapter was that nobody was made to feel wrong for their emotions. Like everybody just had their say and there was no judgment cast. And, uh, but yeah, it being Jean Focus made me love Jean. So... I think, Luna, you're probably the outlier here. You had some real concerns. But I did chose Jean as MVP as well. Because it's not up to me about, like, who did I enjoy most this chapter. It's, like, who did most for the story and who had the most interesting parts. And to me, that was Jean. But you also had some concerns? I do, but we can get into that a little bit later on. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to say what the other choices were for the, in the poll? I mean, it was John by a landslide. but <laughs> Yes, but there were like three other options. So with 10%, it was Yelena or 10.5%. And then with an equal right. amounts of votes, we had Hanji. 
and Hanji stew. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I did notice that Hanji and Hanji stew were tied for third. Yeah. Like exact same amount of votes as well, both at 118 right now. It's just, wow. (laughs) Hanji stew did more for character development than Gabby did. Apparently. (laughs) I think I, I, I think that's kind of like one of those things where the, the people that, you know, really appreciated Hanji picked Hanji, and then the people that picked Hanji but wanted to be kind of funny about it picked Hanji Stew. I feel like it's the same group of people. So had we mm, not had the I stew as an option, maybe 16.2% would have been? Maybe. I don't think so. I think this the Hanji Stew was like the cop-out answer on this one. Mm. Oh, if you didn't have a favorite, you mean? Mm. Like people just went with that one. Or you couldn't choose between two or something like that. Oh, yeah. You look at the stew, though. The stew united everyone. Like they sat around (laughs) eating Hanji's stew. It's like the (laughs) peace stew or something. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it apparently was like really good. And you know how like good food, even if you're in bad company, good food kind of makes you a little more tolerant. Maybe Hanji's stew was the MVP. I mean, I'm willing to go with it. Wow. That's actually really interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. I just met at Hanji Stew, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Yelena is kind of a surprise there at 10.6, but I think Yelena pointing out everyone's hypocrisy, and, and plus Yelena was just so much fun this chapter. She was. I mean, her facial expressions get me every single time. It just, you see, I must have so much fun drawing her. Yeah, she's kind of hard to read sometimes too. True. I, I feel like, well, so after... After John leaves at the end of this chapter, um, after Gabby has uh, pleaded for for their help and that 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 bit, there's like one panel of Yelena just kind of looking kind of I, I don't know exactly how to interpret that look. Either it's her just being proud of herself that she was able to get some bad drama happening because that's I feel like that's what she wanted to stir up, but I also kind of could interpret it. I could interpret it as something completely different, being that maybe she was touched by Gabby's uh, plea for help, hmm. which is an entirely different thing. But it's that, that's what I mean. Like her her expressions, in my opinion, anyway, can be kind of hard to to interpret sometimes. Um, I I struggle with Yelena in all ways. I find everything about her kind of hard to f- determine. Like I just I. Yeah. That's one reason why we put the question on the poll about Yelena's motivation, because it's one of those things that I really don't know. Like, is it because she's principled? Is it because she was bored and looking to have a good time? What, is she just, you know, really thirsty for Zeke? Like, what? why would <laughs> yeah. a Marleyan like Yelena decide that, is it that she just hates her country that much? We were going to have King's Grave on the podcast this um, this month, and that's a topic that uh, he'd promised to give me his thoughts on, but uh, he wasn't able to make it. So I would love to hear his thoughts eventually. But what about you guys? Was there, I mean, what do you think about, is, is Yelena, are we supposed to think too deeply about her, or is she just in there for comic relief and create trouble? No, I I don't think she's there like as like a superficial character i think she has a purpose i don't know what that purpose is but she is so shady and i've said this before there's a lot more to her character that we don't know yet well we we, we may not even know her name yelena is probably a, a fake name 
which I think could be a reason as to why we never got a last name for her, is because the name in general was fake from the start, potentially. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we also talked about this for, for quite a while on, on my podcast this month, uh, and I think what we kind of agreed with at the end was that Yelena is, as you said, um, Mom Taku, she is thirsty for Zeke. I think we, we, we <laughs> agreed on that. And, and that she the kind of truth, became... The one truth amongst all yeah. the lies. <laughs> and she kind of became uh, disillusioned with Marley when she encountered Zeke. And it was because of Zeke. Well, she, because, because of her... Well, for some reason, she views him like a god. Or as a prince or whatever. Or maybe both. And, and because of his idealism... She well, and and because of how she viewed him, she adopted his his mindset or and and or his his goals. And she she does say something about saving the world with a prince or saving the world in general is like the sweetest phrase there is. Or and and I think she 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 agrees with that herself. But she, but saving the world to her is something entirely different. She wants she wanted to save the world together with Zeke by sterilizing all Eldians. I'm not sure. If she had any intention of really saving the world, but I feel like she's not quite there mentally. And I don't know, she was like, she seemed like a regular citizen, um, not really caring that much about what Marley was doing or what was happening with the Eldians until she saw Zeke in his Titan form and realized what power he had and somehow managed to gain his trust. And from there on, maybe because she considers Zeke as this all-powerful messiah of a person. She also feels better about herself. Like, she is also, you know, worthy of his attention, so she must be a great person. I don't know. I see Yelena as just, like, the smart kid in class who's, like, super bored, super smart, and that leads them to being kind of super destructive. You know, like the really, you know, like the the trouble, the kid who's so smart that they're a troublemaker no matter what they go because they're just bored with everything, bored with life. And, you know, this was just Yelena having a lot of fun, basically. It appealed to the, that intelligence, that mischievous side, all those things. So, But I, I'm perfectly willing to be wrong on Yelena because, like I said, I do not, I don't get her. She's a lot of fun, but I think... <laughs> Of all the characters, I think she's someone that I just, I can't relate to. Like a lot of these characters, you can kind of imagine who they'd be in real life. Yelena's one of those that's, to me, just a character in a story. I feel like she knows way more than she should know. Like, let's say, okay, mm -hmm. let's say she sees Zeke and she's like, oh, wow, this guy's really powerful. I want to get behind him. I want to support him. How does she know that he's disillusioned with Marley? Because all these people that he has been working around all mm. this time, nobody suspects him, right? But she knows that she's disillusioned, disillusioned with Marley. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to help you with your plan. How does she How does she get to that point, right? And then they're talking around the campfire today. And she's like, yeah, what about your friend? You know, she just seems to know way, way more than she should when she's stirring the pot. And I, I, I find it very mysterious. And I'm wondering where, where is she getting this information? Where is she coming from? Another thing is like, when, when you see somebody like Zeke and you're like, wow, I want to support him. I, 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 he's, he's like amazing. Like we, <laughs> we also see that kind of like with Luis and Mikasa, right? That seems to me more normal. Like her kind of way, like she, yes, it's, it's over the top. 
Um, but she, you know, she was really impressed when she was a child, like Mikasa saved her life. And she, um, she used her as a role model. She became very dedicated to her. But Yelena takes it like a big step further, right? Let's say she's a normal Marleyan. Fine. Where, how do you get to that point? How do you make such a big jump to go from like a normal Marleyan to get like getting involved in all of this? How do you, how do you make that jump? Because it's a really, really big jump. So for me, that seems very odd in her character. So I don't know if you've seen the um, Last Supper theories that are going around. I don't know if you guys talked about it or not, Petter. I personally, I'm gonna, just going to say right now, I think, it's, I think it's fun when people find connections like that and, oh, this is parallel to this because uh -huh. there is a lot of Christian symbolism in the story. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact which one is Judas and, you know, is there a connection <laughs> here? And I mean, what you're saying makes me think that, okay, I mean, obviously, Elena would be the Judas in that she's, she's doing something, some hidden agenda that nobody knows about. But I mean, we already kind of knew that about her, that she was against them. But whether she has more tricks up her sleeve or not, you know, I can't imagine her just lying down and taking whatever happens from here on out. It's kind of amazing they're even letting her travel with them at this point since she's kind of refusing to cooperate. But yeah. Petter, did you guys talk about the Last Supper theory? Uh, I don't, I, I've seen it three times now as I scroll around the internet. Right. No, this is actually the first I hear about, about it. Um, oh. It's a really interesting, uh, like, parallel, though. I, I hadn't thought of, but yeah, wow, that. That's interesting. Though, well, the only parallel Judas, I can see is that there are 13 people at the table. Wait, <laughs> well, actually, wait there's, here, because I counted and there are not 13 people Yeah, there. there's 14 characters in the Alliance. Thank you. Wait, Thank you very much. Hang on a second. <laughs> Go back and I'm, count it. <laughs> okay, because you have to count peak too, right? So 1, 2, yeah. 3, 4, 5, Counting 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Tw oh, you're right, there's 14. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh. But I, see, still I, think, count. I still think it and can be... And who would be, be uh, Jesus in this part? Then, if we have a Judas. Gabby. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, I mean, obviously, Levi, born on December 25th, and is probably going to sacrifice his oh. life. So he's going to give his life for others. So I would go with Levi as Jesus. <laughs> okay, uh, I can see that. <laughs> speaking of a Judas character, though, like, for some reason, the first, only the first time I read the chapters, because I've, I've read it several times, but I didn't get this feeling on second, um, like, on, on the later read-throughs, but on my very first read through of this chapter when like after they skip to morning after john walks away and then he comes back i got the feeling that maybe he's up to something that what well, like what 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 if he's working with the jaegerists because he, he i don't know to me what? John, yeah yeah that that, that was I, I got that vibe for some reason um on on only my first read through i didn't get that vibe at all uh later like when i reread re the chapter so i don't think so anymore but what what do you what do you think about that? Like, do you think oh, that's wow. something Jean could do? No, no. <laughs> At this point in the story, I think any like super surprise twists like that, I just don't see there being time for anything like that. Like, I think the characters are who they are at this point. You know. I think this chapter was about Jean making that decision that he's not going to support, you know, us seeing him at least entertain those doubts and then coming back with full conviction to Gabby, of course, I'm on your side. I, I took it at face value just because I don't think, number one, I think Jean is just a good guy. And number two, <laughs> I don't think there'd be time to develop any like crazy surprise twists like that. 
You right. don't think that finding out how Marco died was like, oh no, I'm done with this alliance. Vlog, <laughs> 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 here I come, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still think Flock thinks that Jean is dead? Like that the card titan ate Jean and that Jean no. was... No, no. Th- no. No, I think as soon as he saw Mikasa missing in that crowd, he knew. He knew oh, that, yeah. th- that they had gotten one over on him. True. And true. that's why he went for Kiyomi, which I do think that's like, okay, who on Flock's team is smart enough to know, to put it together that, you know, the 104th Mikasa and John escaped and are heading to the port to get the plane? Like, who on Flock's team is smart enough to have outsmarted them? I think maybe it's Flock himself. He's not a dumb guy. Yeah, and where where else were they supposed to go? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, does he even have to be that smart? Because, like, okay, <laughs> let's say Aaron has visions of the future, like maybe fragments, right? Could he not have told him? Maybe, oh, hey, this shit's going to go down. <laughs> and if oh, this yeah. happens, get to the harbor, right? <laughs> True. That's a good point as well. But I don't know. Do they ever really talk, Aaron and uh, Flo? We don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> hmm. I do wonder, though, who was that person looking out of the window, looking Last at them chapter? escape? Yeah, do we still think it's uh, Chattis? Chattis? No, Chattis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chattis the Chattis! I didn't think so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think so last chapter because I'm like, well, why would he put him in the shadows? What's the purpose of doing that? But I guess looking at it now with this chapter maybe he saw them leaving and he's like i better get some backup or something and they're going to show up at cert- at a certain point i think shadis is just going to come back at the end and maybe shadis will be the one that either takes out flock or rallies the people within the mm-hmm. organization against him yeah, yeah. I, I do think right. it's shadis though i i would be shocked if it was anybody else at this point yeah i i, I can't see it being anyone other than him I don't know. Well, what's the purpose now of him looking out that that window? Well, the same reason they had Hanji looking, mm-hmm. the shadow of Hanji in last chapter too. It was just a hint that there's somebody else watching this that can affect change regarding yeah. it. He's got their back, kind of. Like, he, he knows that mm-hmm. they're, well, what they're up to and he can act in kind. If, if he wants to rally up other, well, uh, another force you know like like momtaku pointed out well we'll see i i'm curious how big of a role he still has to play then i i don't see it being a big role i see it being one more scene i think he's got one more scene i think that there's enough jaegerists who are um who have been forced into the organization who are having second thoughts who are mm-hmm. highly uncomfortable with flock and shadis will be the chance to um maybe bolster them. I mean, last time we saw him, he told them to stand down until it was time to fight. I could see Mm -hmm. him maybe encouraging and then saying, you know, okay, now is time to fight. And that's like another example of like the story kind of leading into this change is possible, right? Because those young cadets were like, oh, this old guy, his ideas are like ridiculous. Like the world has changed. And then they saw, they kind of like saw the ugliness of it and i think they're you know they they are they're going to come around and they're going to support 
kind of the right thing. You know, they're going to they're fight going to fight against the Jaegerists who at first they supported. Right. So I think it's, again, showing that that change is possible. Right. Hmm. That would open it up to Flock being taken out by his own, which would be interesting mm-hmm. as opposed to Jean or someone else doing it. Could be like Zeke watching from the window. What? Yes. <laughs> Shirtless. <laughs> I, I I find it like it would be like so ridiculous, like because like at this point, like he's like half naked and he's like just watching from the window, like oh, you guys, I'm coming. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Where do you all think Zeke is actually? Do you have any speculations on that? Oh no. I think he's still in paths with OG Ymir. So his body doesn't even exist in the real world right now? I don't know. I like I don't know how Pad's time works. Him having been there in eternity, I don't know. Well, his body would still be there though. I think so too. I'm pretty right? sure like Stegosaurus Aaron picked him up <laughs> and carried him off to somewhere. But why why would he do that? I don't know. He still has Titan powers, maybe he still needs them. Mm. Right, okay, fair. Maybe Aaron Titan just ate Zeke. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Can, can we go back to my horrific theory of the baby? <laughs> I don't know. Go What's ahead. That? Okay, this is not going to happen in the story because it's not that kind of story. And it's not like a pure horror. But I always thought the most horrific thing that Isayama could do was to have the baby inherit a dead Titan shifter's power. And someone fighting over eat- who's going to eat the baby. Oh, oh no. Wow. <laughs> and I know oh. it, it's not going to happen because it's not that kind of story. But <laughs> if it were like a pure horror story, I could see it going in that direction. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> You've been oh, watching yeah. too many horror movies now that you're home because I of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is wondering how coffee is spending the quarantine in Japan, it's watching <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Again, this doesn't matter, but the fact that we haven't seen that whole, that the Titan baby inheritance was talked about, but we've never seen it, um, mm-hmm. you know, it would be interesting if if Aaron wipes out Titan curse or, or whatever, and then, but then suddenly, you know, this child is born with the power and yeah. And then the story ends. <laughs> yes, that, that would be a good way to end it, I think. I think it would be a crazy way to end it. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think I'd like it. Maybe. And then saying you are free and then <laughs> Baby Cora is born randomly transforming into a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move into Jean this chapter, our MVP. And Luna, I know you had some thoughts about him. I would really love to hear those thoughts. <sighs> okay. Well, let's start with the good. Um, okay. Last month on the podcast we discussed like was it did you ever think that john even considered joining the agorists and we were all like no and then this chapter we're proven wrong because he did really consider it and i did like it because i feel like he at this point in the story is one of the most human characters like mm-hmm. he has true conflict going on and he's making very um human decisions but also his thought process is very understandable like yeah, can I even stop the, the the madness that's going on right now because of Aaron? No. Can I stop Aaron? No. And if I just ignore it, then I can, at least I can live a happy life. But of course, you know, doesn't quite work that way. And of course, his conscience will say, 
always gets the better of him. And Hanji did too, I guess, by knocking on this window. So that is something that I really appreciated about this chapter. Uh, then there was the campfire scene where Reiner was explaining what happened to Marco and he just lost it in such a way that he didn't even realize that he was kicking Gabby. And then whenever it comes to him hurting the kids, I always, always start hitting him. When he almost um, hit Falco with the thunder spear, I was done with him. And now I'm also like... Because I don't think uh, what Reiner said he was to rile Jean up. I don't think he did it in a way, you know, to unburden himself. It, I think he just wanted to explain what happened in full. Um, because he felt like maybe Jean deserved to know that. And mm-hmm. I don't think it it justified such a response. I could, like in earlier times, like a couple years ago, had they met and Jean had found out, okay, I could have been okay with him, like, trying to beat the crap out of Reiner, but at this point, it's it also kind of feels like kicking someone when they're already down. I don't know. I wasn't happy with him in the last part of the chapter. But apparently, I'm all alone because a lot of people felt he was justified. <laughs> I have seen, I mean, I think about Ghost Martyrs chapter write-up. They also are like, okay, enough of Reiner getting kicked in the face by people. Mm-hmm. Like, can we please stop beating up on Reiner? I'm kind of tired of it as well. Um, it, it does seem like, okay, let's, let's, let's give the guy a break for a second. I don't know. What were you going to say, Petter? Uh, no, I, I think it makes sense with Jean's character. Like he, 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 he'll never admit it, but he has always kind of been a hot headed character. Um, mm-hmm. like he, he, he's calling, he's calling Aaron a suicidal maniac, but I think he is pretty close to it as well in, in some ways. I mean, beating up a, an armor or a Titan shifter like that is kind of kind of risky, but 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 it, it makes sense with this character because he's always been a bit bit hot headed, and he he did a really good job at staying calm for a very long time as Reiner was telling the story of how they killed Marco and and Reiner was he you know he was really opening up completely he was uh hundred percent truthful uh you just you know just lay, laying it all out there and. And even after he finished telling that story, he started ranting on about, oh, I'm a worthless man, uh, d- don't forgive me, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. He just went on and on and on. And that's when Jean lost it. And I feel like that makes sense. Because it was the like the, the repetitive nature of, of the way he acted there, I think, was what set Jean off in the end. Yeah, I mean, he wanted Reiner to shut up. He wanted Reiner to just yeah. stop. And I, it, yeah, he lost it. Mm-hmm. But he did a good job for a very long time. He did a very good job at staying calm, which I respect. He did hold it together. I just, I also wonder about, we got to see Jean's reaction. Jean was able to leave hands on ears, you know, trying to block out everything. And then he's given time to recover, come back and say, okay. I got this. We're okay. But we haven't, I mean, again, Reiner is in this chapter, but we don't really see whether or not, I mean, as far as we know, he's still kind of stuck in this same rut, the same self-hatred. And I would have liked to have seen a little more strength from Reiner, but maybe that's going to be next chapter. Or or just to find out where Reiner's at mentally right now would have been nice. I feel like we know where everybody is mentally right now. 
except for Reiner. Hmm. The way I see Reiner in this scene, or at least one way that I could see this being, is that Reiner, at the start of the scene, was in the same mental state that he was, like, you know, during the Marley arc, the same deep depression. But I think that opening up the way he, he did to Jean, I think was good for for him, personally, because he needed to get that out there. And maybe at the end of this, or at the end of that scene, or in the morning, when whenever when uh, Jean woke him up, then maybe he was doing a little bit better. So you think it might have been cathartic for Reiner? Because I'm not so sure. I have yet to see anything. I, I just see more of Reiner's self-hatred, just dogpiling on top of him. Yeah, it's it's the opposite, isn't it? It was it was cathartic for for John. He needed to get out that anger, and I feel like Reiner's moment is coming, whatever it's leading up to, whether it's tragedy or whether it's heroism. But he's, I think we we do know we do know where he's at. He's he's a he's a very broken man at this moment. But I feel like something is going to happen to change that state that he's in. I just hope if he ever goes back asleep he doesn't you know get kicked or punched to be woken up yeah i'm definitely tired <laughs> of that whole that whole trope there and i know when we when we put on the chapter what are you most hoping to see next chapter reiner finding the will to live that was luna's suggestion there <laughs> and five percent of the fandom have selected it i i'm, I'm kind of like i'm ready well you would know better than me luna reiner how long has he been in this slump now? Like 20, 27 chapter? I mean, the last time we saw any real fire from him was 106 or 107 when he slammed the table and said that they couldn't wait. Yeah, that was 106, I think. I understand focus needs to go around to all the various characters, but I'm ready for Reiner to, you know, snap, not snap out of it. That's not fair to say after everything he's been through, but mm-hmm. to quit being a punching bag and sleeping all the time. Both. But the thing is, the main reason why he wanted to go to Pyrodes again was because he wanted to save Gabby and Falco, but Falco now has a titan. Gabby shot Aaron's head off, so clearly she can take care of herself. In fact, <laughs> she's been taking care of Reiner. So does he feel like he still has a purpose at this point? Well, that's something that, um, Coffee, you added to the poll document. You know, mm-hmm. is this... Why is he doing this to Reiner? Is it going to lead up to something? Is it just because this is how Isayama shows his love by constantly <laughs> torturing a character? <laughs> I, I think it's leading up to something. I think it's leading up to something. And, and the story seems to have this kind of repeating theme of kind of like making making the the younger generation inherit the world. We see that in the final panel. We see that with the kids. We see that with these kind of Jaegerists, which are, they have to make a decision. What side are they on? What kind of world do they want to live in? And I think that's kind of like, he's going to kind of like create that path for the new generation, maybe. Do you have any optimism there, Luna? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think Reiner's going to have his moment. I think so too, but I, I don't like the implications of it. Because, man, I cried again about Reiner this chapter. I haven't cried in over two years uh, for him. (laughs) And uh, now it happened again. Because I feel like he is, you know, so depressed. He's not really ever going to get out of it. But people are still speculating, like, maybe he will defeat Eren. Maybe he will be the Helos and save the world. 
and then he can rest. Like, he will get his big heroic moment, and then it will be over. But to me, it's like, really? Yeah, you're depressed. You're better off dead, indeed. That kind of feeling I have uh, associated with that. And it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. I want him to find the will to live. I want him to have some happiness before he dies. And I, I, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I, I feel like they're all in, they're all in a precarious situation, right? They're, they're mm. soldiers. There's always the chance of, of them dying, right? Mm. But it, it depends how you die. Are, are you going to give up on life or are you going to die fighting to make things better are you going to die fighting for what you believe in and i think that's going to play into his character he's going to realize he has a purpose and he's going to go out if he does die he might survive but in the end he's going to affect some kind of change regardless of, of whether he does die or he doesn't die but um there's there's always you know there there any anyone in the story is going to die at some point whether it's of old age um in, in their in their deathbed or 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 in, in the action of battle or who, who knows maybe like something uh complete a complete accident right but it's it's about what they choose to do with their life while they're alive and i think he's going to find that purpose in the story I think a lot of the fans of the Warriors have every right to be a little nervous now, though, because like I I go back to the fact that uh, Marco was mentioned this chapter, but not Bert. Yeah. Annie was locked away for years and years. Reiner's getting beat in the face again. You know, the 104th, like Jean continues to get maybe more heroic moments. And the Warrior children, aside from Gabby, just seem like the garbage just keeps piling on they never i don't know i i i don't know if there's like a i don't want to think isayama has like a bias towards the 104th um because he's been very fair i thought in representing the warriors as being just as human but when marco gets mentioned again but bert doesn't and reiner keeps paying for his crimes but other people don't I don't know. It, I, I can see where the frustration is mounting. Were you, I was really surprised that there was no mention of Bart when Marco was brought up because I view, honest to goodness, I view both of those deaths just as horrifically, like just as terrible. I I disagree. I I know. And again, it's I, unpopular. I might get hate for this. I might <laughs> get hate for this, but I feel like Bert signed up for it. He knew what he was getting into. And he told them, he told them when he was fighting them, look, you have to die. And he knew that if if he if he did not win, then he would probably end up dying. He knew what he got himself into. Marco thought he was fighting with comrades and he was murdered in cold blood. I think it's very, very different. Yeah, I, I agree with coffee on that. <laughs> and and I actually have I actually had thought about this as well as a reason because I feel like if Reiner was in a different mental state for the scene, he may have brought up Bertold. But mm-hmm. I feel like the reason why he didn't is because he feels such immense sorrow and, and, and well, and regret and remorse primarily he feels over all of the things that he's done. And because of him feeling that way, he feels like he owes it to the 104th characters to, uh, well, to... to in some small way, like in you know whatever whatever he can do to make them feel better, and he does that by telling the truth and nothing but the truth, and and also not bringing up his own griefs, like his own 
sadness. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's trying to to drown his own uh, grief over Berthold, and he does it because he doesn't feel like he has the right to express that sadness. He feels too guilty to bring up mm. the because I know Magathen. Uh, Jean, we're able to go back and forth, the tit for tat. Well, you did this. Well, you did this. You know, Reiner, we haven't seen Reiner and Annie. We haven't seen that crew do the same. And they wouldn't. I still feel like that panel where they're all standing around watching as Armin eats Bert. And there's just, it's just over. And that's it. Nobody brings it up. Nobody talks about yeah. it. That, that's the weird part. They got the confirmation when Armin destroyed the port in Marley. That somebody had eaten Bert, and no reaction from Reiner, and now again it's brought up again, you know, by Elena, what Armin did, no reaction. It's just kind of weird because other people, you know, we keep seeing flashbacks of all the dead people, especially this chapter, but Bert is like, no, we're not going to bring you up. And that's just so strange. He got his time to sh- kind of be around after his death in the Marley arc, I feel. Uh, in the flashback mm-hmm. ep- chapters, I think that was enough for him personally. I'm sorry for all of the Bertold fans, but yeah. <laughs> well, we agree to disagree on this then, or maybe we don't agree. Maybe I'm right and you're wrong. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is not Titan Tea Time. We do not end things nicely. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll have to adapt to that. <laughs> Anything else, Luna? I'm just, this chapter made me sad for Reiner. Oh, and coffee. I saw you like a certain tweet. Which one? Um, it's was it, was it controversial? <laughs> to me it was. <laughs> I made a screenshot for that reason. Um, people what is want it? What the, is it? People want the warriors to be angry instead of the Survey Corps. Are we uh-huh. reading the same manga? Bruh, the warriors and Marley are the reason why any of this is even happening. Bertold, Reiner, and Annie don't deserve to be angry. They kind of don't. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Well, it, it, they don't deserve to be angry with whom? I mean, I think they have every right to be angry I think with they should everything. be angry at Marley, you know, because Marley has forced them into this kind of life that they had to leave. But, like, to be angry at, what, the Parody Island people? For what? What did they do to them? True. That's true. Uh... You mess. You missed like the whole Marley arc where they attacked innocent civilians. That came they're... after. Yeah, I also feel like that was something that Marley had coming. After oh. That was retaliatory. That's retaliatory. If someone was it? if someone if someone punches you, I mean, maybe you don't punch back. Maybe you do, but certainly you you have a right to self defense. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, but that wasn't self defense. It was self-defense. They were attacked first. They were, but they saw the damage it caused and they saw how horrible it was. It it was horrific. Why would you then do that to someone else? I do not disagree that it was horrific. What they did was horrific and and, and terrible, but again... And also something that they didn't even want to do. Aaron dragged them into it. I mean, neither side really wanted to. I, 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 I... do not think they have any right to be angry at Parody wow. because Parody would not have done anything had they not attacked first. You know what? Parody should be happy that they broke through the wall, actually. Because otherwise, I don't, know. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know what? Otherwise, they would have been oblivious to the whole outside world 
They never would have made it past any of the Titans. And then at some point, you know, the world would have developed so far that they would have had the means to destroy the Titans and all of Paradis, and they would have just been sitting, sitting ducks. That's this true. sounds like a repeat of John and Magath talking, TBH. <laughs> okay, no, let me, no. let me talk about John and Magath talking because, look, here's the, here's the thing. When, like, let's say we try a murderer, right? Let's say somebody, like a horrific guy, goes and kills a bunch of people. Do we try his grandchildren? Do we try his great-great-grandchildren? Where do we stop? Parody Island, those people had their memories wiped. They had no idea of what happened before them. And do they still deserve to be on trial? Do their grandchildren deserve to be on trial? When does it stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Like, it's a, there's no reason to go full North Korea and keep blaming everyone for actions they didn't even commit. Right. But Magath was raised in a culture where you are, like, from like from infancy you're 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 taught to hate uh the 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 eldians on parodies uh, agreed yeah and he has his his reaction is it feels real it's it feels legitimate because that's the kind of man he is that's the country he grew up in that's his job he's the military leader i don't hold anything against him because that it, it fits his character it fits his personality it fits where he comes from Right. That's what he yeah. grew up with. I get that 100 percent. Well, you also have to, you know, they all were in the understanding that Paradis had the means to destroy the world and was just waiting for the right time. But they weren't. They weren't. They, they weren't. The right but that's not something like even the higher ups really knew, I think, in the Marley army. I've always felt like in any in any conversation, you have to remember that like Paradis had the equivalent of nuclear bombs, each one with the cap you know, that huge destructive capability. So everyone in the world had the right, everyone in the world, just like in today's world, you know, you have accords and agreements on how nations that have these weapons that could potentially wipe out life as we know it, how mm -hmm. they can use them, how they can control them, you know, things to make the rest of the world feel safe. Right. Or whatever. So I I feel like the rest of the world even now, has the right to say, you all need to have something in place to control these weapons. Agreed. And, and yes. they should have done that. They should have made an right. accord, right? Imagine diplomacy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, imagine that existing. Wow. The story would be completely different. So I've never begrudged Marley and the rest of them for being terrified of the Eldians because the Eldians could, I mean, they were, they were, capable these these individuals that had this power were capable needed I mean, they to be all controlled m missed vital information about the world and what was really the case with the Eldians and or the Paradisians at least is, the thing is the Tiber family had that information yep and they did not disclose it I can't really fault like either side when you live in fear of like, okay, yeah, I can fault them for like treating all Eldians like, you know, devils, but, you know, living in fear of the Paradisians and what they might do. And, you know, when you finally have that first encounter with them, they attack your country and then they release all of the wall titans to come and trample the world is not really, you know, 
doing anything to sway your opinion about what you've been taught all your life about them. Except they attacked after they declared war on them. True. <laughs> right after. Which makes their action legitimate. Yeah, yeah because it's a Reiner with uh, like Aaron. Right after Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, like two seconds <laughs> later, which is like, but, I don't know. But it came after the declaration, <laughs> which true. means, again, they attacked first. Because Aaron was, they knew that Aaron was planning to destroy them. And they were right. They were right because they made it right. They made yeah, that happen. Uh, they drove Aaron to, to attack them. Do you think but if they, Willy they wouldn't have, have declared that. war that they... You still don't think that was Aaron's skull there? Oh, it was a false flag operation. Aaron and Zeke absolutely set Willie up to do exactly what they wanted him to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that like, was, that, we that know was that. the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, of course. But but Aaron had been, you know, he he had been in Marley for a good long while by that point, mm-hmm. And he knew already. He knew that they were, there wasn't a chance for di- diplomacy with, with Marley. Was was, well, was, was, was his, his observation. Yeah, that, according to yeah. him. Exactly. And and so it was because of the way he saw Marley, it was Marley that drove Aaron to attack them. Well, that's the point that Aaron came to. Like, there's no diplomacy is not possible. And then because of that, like, seek forwarded information that Aaron was planning an attack on Liberio, which then prompted the declaration of war. But nobody's, like, really playing with the full... It, they don't have the full information. No one's playing with a full deck of cards. They're not able to make the right decisions to kind of resolve this conflict. Yeah. And and that's kind of the point of the story, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Except Aaron has the full deck of cards, and I would argue the Tibers did as well. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we will I'm see. curious to find out, yeah, what exactly Aaron knows and why the Tibers... Yeah, if they will play a bigger role still, or if their role was purely in the Marley arc. Because Aaron got information from them. about the Tibers. Right, uh-huh. Aaron? So there must be something more about them mm-hmm. that is relevant. I keep thinking it's going to be a spinoff, though, because, because I don't see how Isayama can finish this in eight months and include <laughs> those details. But he's opening up a spa. <laughs> He's got to open his spa. He's got to end this, okay? And that's why I think there will be no more Titans, okay? There can be no chance for this to continue. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I want to visit that spa. Anyway, sorry. Um, Moving on. Is this where I should see if you all want some more soup? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like Hanji right now and just interrupt and change the conversation. One thing I noticed was a big shift from previous polls on the question about which statement do you most agree with regarding Hanji's answer to Jean about genocide being inherently wrong. And that's a big question. But basically, in previous polls, we've asked, is genocide ever justifiable? Is it is what Aaron is doing justified? And it's been a 49-51 split. And the people who feel like under some circumstances it's justifiable in this story, (laughs) it's justifiable, have been in the 49% range. So on this poll this month, we asked that question, okay, now which one do you agree with? And the options were Hanji is correct. This is non-negotiable. Genocide Mm -hmm. is inherently wrong. 
Uh, the other option, if other groups are using genocide, it shouldn't be off the table. Third is, it should be the only option if it's truly a last resort. And the final one was, genocide is good. All hail the Aldean <laughs> Empire. Yay. And 9% of our fandom is either like joking or are straight up fascists, but um, <laughs> great. This month, we had 45% saying, Hanji is correct. This is non-negotiable. That means 54.4% think that it should be allowed under circumstances, yes. whether it's the last resort or if somebody's doing it to you first. I don't know. Like, I really thought this month Hanji would get a little more respect than I've seen and that people would tend to maybe, like, I, I feel like here's what I think. I think Isayama is trying to send the message, genocide is wrong, and <laughs> I don't think he has sold it. Like, I think having Hanj say it and having Hanj say it with such passion yeah. was maybe an attempt to have influenced the reader. And I don't think that's happened. Hmm. And that really frustrates me because I, I feel like this is an anti-war, anti-genocide manga and that that's not what I'm seeing. That's not the takeaway I'm seeing in the fandom. So I don't know if you guys can even respond to that, if that made any sense at all. But this feeds into the argument over whether or not Irwin's would support the genocide. We have 30% of the fandom who believe, yes, he would, and another 30% who think maybe he would. And I think Isayama tried very hard in the framing of those panels and his face getting bigger and bigger and bigger. No, he would not, period. This is this is no. And yet the fandom not seeing it that way. So it makes me wonder, am I the one misreading this story or... Is the is this not a anti-war? Not like where's my disc? Where's my disconnect here? Am I wrong? Is this is he trying to say genocide is okay some of the time? Sixty percent of the fandom. <laughs> I am so confused. Help. I, no, I I agree with you completely on on both of those questions here. It is an anti-war story, and it's sad that so many people in the fandom don't really pick up on that. I I, I suppose. I also think Hanji is correct in that it's never right to, to genocide any 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 part of the world, and Aaron is going to do it to the entire world supposedly, which is unimaginably bad. And, and also, I don't think I definitely don't think Irvin would have supported the rumbling if he had been around for this. Whether whether he would or not, it seems like Isayama is saying and in his in his direct a way as possible that he would not. The fact that 60% of the fandom don't agree with Hanji here, I don't know. I mean, I know the poll, when people take the poll, it's for fun. They're not really sitting down thinking hard about it. And I wonder if I sat down with that 60%, you know, and asked them to really think, you know, really think, what do you think? Is, is Isayama trying to send the message that genocide is sometimes okay? What do you think? I feel like maybe a lot of them would backpedal. Not that 9%. That 9% is like, <laughs> yay, hell yeah, genocide. <laughs> and I also know that I probably take this story seri more seriously than the majority. So, you know, I just, I, I was shocked. I was just absolutely shocked. Like I have been doing the polls for a long time and I have never been this shocked. I think it also plays into a question we got from uh, Ahmed Zubair25 on Reddit. And he's asking how we feel about Hanji saying that by uh, stopping the genocide, they are basically sealing 
Pyrodes's fate, which is the genocide of Pyrodesian Eldians within a few years. So do you agree with his um, statement that Hanji is basically sealing Pyrodes's fate? Well, I think I've no. heard other people express it this way, that Hanji doesn't have a plan, but she's taking their one plan off the table. And in that way... Right. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the only plan. <laughs> You know, genocide should not be the pl I feel like that shouldn't be the plan. <laughs> yeah, but then you have Jean also saying like, well, we had all this time to come up with a plan and we didn't. Like, we want another plan, but we don't have one. How are we ever going to solve this? And just because you don't have a plan now doesn't mean it's not possible to make a plan. You know, and, and part of the reason why why there wasn't a plan is is because there was no no dialogue. And I feel like maybe whatever whatever this big like climactic event that's going to happen is going to maybe and that's why we have Magath, right? It's going to lead to some kind of dialogue. But I think you're right. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I think he made it very obvious visually that Erwin was was not you have to have a very you have to have a very creative reading. <laughs> of, of what he's showing you to think that you know to think that Erwin is was on the would be on the side of genocide. Um, I think he made it very visually clear. I think he's made it very clear in the story. I think it's it's a very anti-war story. You know, he shows that yes, um, yes, yeah, soldiers give their lives, but you know who really suffers at the end of the day is the innocent people um, that are just living their lives. You know, and I, I think he's made it very clear that it's an anti-war story. And um, I, I think, you know, people are like, oh, Hanji doesn't have a plan, but that's what's happening now. She and I think it's funny because, like, I think it's also people expect Hanji to be Irwin and they expect Armin to be Irwin. And I think it's setting them up to fail because they try to be that person and they try to use the techniques. And, and, and you know, Irwin is very skilled at what he did. If they try to be him when they don't have that skill set, they're setting themselves up to fail. And I think Hanji now is doing things her way. She's gathering these different people with different um, viewpoints, very clearly different viewpoints as we saw as they were um, sitting around the fire sharing that stew. And maybe kind of sharing all their viewpoints together, maybe they can come up with a plan. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I really think that now that everyone is together, they can come up with an alternative. Mm -hmm. I feel like because they, we weren't getting they would have been... Because we were the other side, yeah. right? Yeah. It's interesting in the character, f where we asked the character favorability, which characters have taken the biggest hit this month? Um, do you guys want to take a guess who's taken the biggest hit this month, favorability-wise? <laughs> top two. The Daddy? top two. Nope. Magus. Magus is number one. Oh, Who's number yeah. two? Really? Wow. Um. Falco. Hanji. Hanji. What? She, yep. What? Yep. <laughs> what? I, That's so weird because Magus. I don't. I haven't seen like a change in his character at all. He's. He's what he was set up to be right well, so I, I don't think understand he was what would be the big change there one of the marlians who was um who treated the eldians a bit better and here he's like kind of reiterating the same propaganda like uh -huh. oh you know you this is what you but did for two thousand years i mean he was straight up fighting with gene and people really like gene so i get it like he, uh, and he was spouting uh -huh. the rhetoric and yeah. you know he kind of went head to head with the 104th which yes. I, I can understand people that, you know, but I don't think Jean held it against him. I don't think any of the, I think, 
you know, like no, everyone has said, no. it was good in the long run. But Hanji um, being number two for how many why? people selected less favorable? Well, well, I tell you why. Because because genocide is good. They disagree. <laughs> oh no, but goodness. it's it's true. I think a lot of people are on Aaron's side or on the 104th side. So then they look at Magat less favorably after this chapter and Hanji isn't, yeah. Well, and I think it goes into what Ahmed um, Ahmed Zuber twenty five said. They feel like Hanji basically in taking that off the table has sealed the island's fate to destruction. So in that regard, mm-hmm. they're viewing her as being um, unreasonable, and thus viewing Hanji less favorably. And maybe Hanji's also okay with like, well, if it's us or them, I cannot agree what what we're doing now. So. Maybe Hanji's okay with the with the possibility that they do not come up with a, a different solution. Renan has brought this up a lot in the podcast, Sarah, the irritation that from a storytelling perspective, it feels like Isayama has kneecapped Hanji and Armin and the rest of the characters that they <laughs> haven't come up with a plan yet. Because all of us sitting around discussing this series have come up with plans, things that could try, things we should do. And it's it's like he Isayama's pushing this to the brink. He is pushing it to the point where these characters are, is genocide okay if you have no other solution, yes or no? And he's saying, or he's having Hanji say, no, no. Mm-hmm. N- you you do, if you buy two years time, if you buy three years time, if you buy five years time, if you, the 50 year plan, you push it off, push it off, push it off. You don't cross that line. Mm-hmm. But I think the fandom or, you know, the people in the poll disagree that, it should be pushed off like that. I don't mind the kneecapping personally because I feel like, well, for me personally anyway, the like having followed Hanji's struggle with trying to come up with a plan and looking for ways to solve the conflict, I think that's mm-hmm. been really enjoyable to to follow along with and to watch and to read. It's been fascinating yeah. to watch. I mean, it's I see it as you know he takes it this far forces us to choose if if it is do or die if somebody is going to kill you mm. unless you genocide the world would you do it i mean i feel like he's kind of like <laughs> making people ask themselves that question do you think the people taking the poll because this is the only way and even then it's so iffy do you think they're they're like voting this way because they think it's uh it, as a story it would be more interesting for some reason or maybe they're they're not seeing the movement of the story uh, you you i feel it's very clear that he's he wants to show that it's definitely not the right choice do you think that they are do they feel it would make a more interesting story or and, and that's why they're voting that way what do you, what do you think about that that's an interesting and i'd like way to to view it i hadn't thought about that personally it's not a scientific poll and people aren't being asked, you know, we're not putting a gun to your head and saying, think about this and answer. It's something fun, right? So it's probably wrong for me to sit here and be like appalled at their choices when I'm the one like asking or the team, the team is the one asking the questions. So it's, I, I realize they're not, they're probably not sitting there thinking as deeply. They're reading a question, they're making an answer. So yeah, it's unfair of me, but at the same time, two thirds of the fandom. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a really big number. So I, I, I feel like maybe for the next poll, I would be really curious if we could ask, like, what, what point of this is? If you do like this, what point is appealing to you? Like, why do you? 
do you think it's it's a it's a it's a good so do you really think it's a good solution or do you think it makes for a more interesting story or do you just want to see the world burn or what what's what's um appealing to you in this choice well looking back at the question we are asking about the in story we're not asking about people's ideas as a as you know in our own world we are saying mm-hmm. Regarding Hanji's answer to Jean about genocide being wrong, what do you agree with? So we are asking from from that universe, okay. from that world, from that story, where mm-hmm. do you think the disconnect? So in yeah. this world that Isayama has created, we have over half the fandom that think genocide is an option. You know, that makes it kind of – no, it doesn't make it any <laughs> less appalling to me. <laughs> Maybe slightly less disturbing. I mean, Hanji said exactly, Hanji was me. So it felt really good to get that. But, you know, also equally frustrating mm-hmm. that not everybody saw it the way I saw it. But that's just the nature of the story, right? We're supposed to have these conversations. Yeah, that, 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 that's one of the big appeals with, with Attack on Titan mm-hmm. is just how split the, the fandom is on so many different, uh, on so many different topics. And it's getting, we are seeing so many 50-50, three ways, and, um, you know, just the divisions in the fandom just becoming more entrenched. Oh, you mentioned, I wanted to, Coffee, you mentioned um, mm-hmm. that you've joined the poll team. Yeah, actually, we had a bunch of new people join the poll team. We had Crunchy Rap and Cloudy and um, uh, Coffee Life joined us. And uh, I'm probably forgetting some people, but we did have a bunch of new people come in. And I think that the poll this month was really reflective of that, like just a lot more diverse opinions. So anytime I accidentally talk about the poll, if I make it if I make it sound like it's me doing it, it's, it is a team. And I am, you know, a lot of times not even that active on it. So I want to make sure that we did get a lot of compliments this month on the poll and that the credit goes to our existing team and also the new ones who joined. So I, I, I sometimes think I come across as if I'm taking credit for it, and I do not ever mean to give that impression. So I just wanted to get that out there and also welcome you, Coffee, to the poll team. We're happy to have you. I don't know if I've been that much help, but thank you. <laughs> yes. Another area that I disagreed with the poll was um, which characters would support the rumbling. And I think that's oh. been kind of oh. a fun conversation to watch people um, talking about. Did um, Is this worth discussing? I voted for the top three choices, which I know you have some thoughts about. So the top three choices at this point of people who would support the rumbling of the dead characters you know are Kenny, Emir, and Erwin. Oh, Kenny being amazingly, what, 60% of the fandom thinks that Kenny would be in support, the other one being Kruger at 60%. Uh, Those are the two that are the top picks right now. And that's another area where I just really disagree with the fandom about Kenny. Um, And then Emir, our freckled Emir at 30%. Um, Erwin at 31 and Zachley at 45. So I really don't, I mean, Kruger and Zachley... I don't have a lot of thoughts about. Erwin is just so odd. 30% coffee. Hold me. (laughs) I just thought it was really, I thought he made it so abundantly clear with the visuals. Am I, do I have reading issues? I don't know. (laughs) I I feel like that's such a bizarre choice for number one. Well, Kenny's officially number one, which I think, I, I mean, I can understand people thinking that maybe Kenny would, but I just... Uh. I think the reason why Kenny is number one here, I think, is because 
I, well, I think a lot of the people who looked at this, like looked at the options, uh, mm -hmm. were ca kind of well, they maybe they didn't feel super strongly for any of the characters, but they felt like, oh well, if I got to pick someone, then I guess maybe Kenny could be one of those people who would have supported it. I I feel could be a thought process for some some of them. Yeah. Or like he maybe he's so he's so ambiguous ambiguous with what he he might do that there's maybe like a possibility. Right. I don't know. The way I see it, he would definitely have fun with it. Like he would maybe play both sides of the argument for entertainment mm -hmm. value. Like I could totally see Kenny egging both sides on and just being like, you know, Kenny about mm -hmm. it. But yeah. in the end, I mean, he was team he was team Yuri Reese. He would never have dishonored Yuri Reese in the end. True. I mean everything about him was about can a piece of trash like me see what you see? Talking about Yuri's compassion. And I, I just can't see him going against that in the end. So everyone on Paradise is like, maybe we should consider genocide and Kenny would be the one who say, nah, nah. <laughs> Yuri, that was my guy. We're not doing this. <laughs> I like how Nitaku put it in the podcast server. He said that um, Kenny would probably consider it a downright insult to, er to Yuri's memory for Aaron to use the founding Titan in a way that is so antithetical to what Yuri stood for. And I, I, I mean, I think if, if Yuri wasn't part of Kenny's life, heck yeah, he wouldn't care. But because of his allegiance to Yuri, he would really? stand down. I don't know. I don't know if he would. I, I can understand people saying, like, he had a certain respect for Yuri, but that doesn't mean that I think he would act in the exact same way. Mm, I, I'm with Luna on this. I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I think about the scene in the cavern where he basically almost took Rod's tongue out when Rod insulted Yuri. Like, Yuri's honor was still very much on Kenny's mind. Um, even then, you know, don't say a word against mm -hmm. him. He's still, how many decades had it, or I guess it had been. Not that long. I could, I think. a decade or more. But I think the way that he thinks is so different from like how we would look at it, that he has his own kind of unique way of looking at his relationship with Yuri. Udi, but I'm saying his name wrong. But I think I think his perspective is kind of unique, so it's really hard to say how he would see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I I mean I think that would be a fun one to debate. I would I think that would be he's such a chaotic character. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But it could go either way. I feel like I could see him being like against it, but I could also see him maybe kind of like going with it for for whatever reasons he has. It depends on what his reasons are, because I feel like he's a very um, like self-driven hmm. character. You know what I mean? It, it would be. I mean, his whole arc was about trying to find mm -hmm. Yuri or be like Yuri, find Yuri. It would be, he could twist that in his mind. Yeah, who I mean, knows? wasn't I agree, Ymir's but... whole arc, like, try to live for yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And failed quite... miserably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, people aspire a lot doesn't mean that they will act like that, like they want to uh -huh. or aspire to be, so. Yeah. Out of these top results on this, on this poll, the only ones that I am, like, very surprised by are Ervin and and Emir. 
personally, are, are the ones that I, I just don't understand how they got so high. What did you guys vote for? I think I voted Zachly and Kenny and maybe Kruger. I can't really remember right now. Yeah, I voted for all of them. All of them? What do you mean all of them? Yeah, Kenny Kruger and Zachly, I mean. Ah, okay, cool. Oh. <laughs> I can see Zachly because Zachly is kind of a dark character like that. Yeah, I can definitely see Zachly too. I think mm-hmm. he's the, the most likely one for me personally out of these. I think I left it blank, like even Kruger. Like genocide is just such a big step to take, you know? I voted for, um, I went with a, a grudge, like Juon, like a grudge answer. That the ghosts of the dead are jealous <laughs> of the living oh. and they don't have their, their old um, selves anymore. They just, all they are, are are jealous of the living and they want to take it out on them. So that's what I voted for. Interesting. Well, we did get one more uh, question from an anonymous person on Tumblr. And they said, Hanji being surrounded by the ghosts of the Survey Corps reminded me far too much of Irwin's Mountain of Corpses. And if anything, it fo- feels more like a dead flag for Hanji. Oh, yeah. So do you agree? Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, this is uh, the beginning of the end for Hanji? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that I don't think... like reminded me far too much sounds like the way they put it sounds negative the way i mm-hmm. interpret it i thought it was a nice parallel to ervin's vision in the return to shiganshin arc but and yes maybe it is a death flag uh i i i had thought about that too and mm-hmm. which was why we had a really long discussion on titan tea time this month where we talked about um yeah get that who, plug in Get that plug in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> where we talked, where, where we debated on who we thought, if Hanji would die, who we thought would be the best leader to replace her, and we weren't able to to agree on anything. Mm. Um, That's a hard question, though, considering mm. the yeah. current circumstances. So you're a yes for it being a death flag for Hanji, Petter? Um, I, I'm I'm a little bit torn. I think it's a good possibility, uh, though. I'm not like like totally convinced that it is, but I think it's a good possibility. So you're probably, prob- or uh, you think it's more likely Maybe. now? Yeah, yeah. a, a little, little bit more likely than not likely, probably, yeah. I think it's possible. I I want to think that it's not going to happen just because the circumstances are so different. Um, during that battle with Erwin, it was two sides fighting to the death and there was no room for compromise. And I feel like now it's such a, a different um, a different situation. Yes, it's it's life or death, uh, genocide or no <laughs> genocide. Um, but I feel like the approach they're taking is very different. And I feel like maybe it's paralleling that that past situation with the situation of the present, and maybe there'll be a better outcome this time. We, but I don't know. It could go either way. Mm, I think um, Hanji still has a role to play in the story. Uh, Hanji is so desperate to come up with a plan that I think that they will succeed. So killing them off right now would seem... uh, It wouldn't end... um, Yeah, I would feel like their character arc was uh, left unfinished. So I I think they will make it. I don't think they're going to die anytime soon. What about you, Momtaku? 
Yeah, I don't see it as a death flag at all. And I know that's strange, but I just, I agree with coffee that the circumstances are different. And while the vision is similar, I think it's also different. Like I think Irwin's vision was just riddled with guilt. It was mm. guilt at all the bodies and all the, whereas Hanji is drawing inspiration. Like they're, mm-hmm. she's drawing inspiration from them. You know, they wouldn't mm. stand for this. I'm not going to stand for that. Like it was, it was completely different. It had that same dark, ominous feel. But Hanji was using it as a way to draw more courage. And it reminds me, like, anytime this topic has come up on Tumblr, Levi also had a vision of the dead. And his was very different, too. So I, I don't think necessarily thinking about dead characters is a death flag. I think it, it was in Erwin's case, Erwin's case, but I don't think it is here. I think it's just, you know, I think it was Isayama, like I said, making a statement about how these characters would view this. And it was also... Um, this is why they're fighting. I mean, Haji's fighting for these people still. She's got a lot to live for. That's a good point. And actually, it wasn't, technically, it wasn't even only Hanji in this chapter who saw this imagery of the dead people. Because I think, I think it was implied also that John saw Marco. Or mm. he, he envisioned Marco there. Yeah, I think artistically, mm-hmm. he tried to, to draw out that um, maybe even Mikasa saw you know, it was it was to recall to all of their minds, right? Yeah, what everyone had died for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anonymous then continues: if the survey uh, core chain of command is upheld after all of this, who would lead them after Hanji dies? <laughs> and the uh, way this chapter was laid out, it really feels like Jean would be put next in command. So you guys discussed this on Titan Tea Time, and you came to no conclusion. Right. Um, <laughs> we well. I, I was alone in thinking Jean is the best option. You were alone in that? Yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah. Both All of right. my both of my two co-hosts w- seemed to think that Armin was a better pick as a leader, which I totally Ooh. did not agree with. No. Armin's a strategist. See, I know that yeah. your other two guests are like Armin fans, and I'm an Armin <laughs> fan too, but I recognize Armin's limits. Armin has never, ever been a leader. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> At least someone agrees with me. <laughs> and yeah. I um, suspect if I was listening to your podcast, I'd want to like you know what, jump though? in there. They, they both also seem to think Levi was a better option than Jean. Oh, heck no. no. Heck no. <laughs> you Which, need, no, uh-uh. Right? That's weird. Um, because I, I, I've felt Jean has been you know, in the makings of a leader ever since the Trostark. Uh, like, even mm-hmm. that, like, that one line that Marco says to him that he thinks Jean is a good leader because he's weak and he understands what it's like to be weak. <laughs> uh, like, ever since that moment, I've been like, wow, yeah, uh, Jean, Jean is going to be a leader. And he has done great. Like, he's done amazingly. Especially, like, when, they're, when they were clearing out the Titans that Zeke made in Shiganjina, Jean took initiative mm-hmm. and led that whole thing pretty much all by himself. I think, yeah. yeah, definitely Jean. <laughs> did you guys notice that he's the only one wearing the bolo tie in the chapter? Oh, yeah, I did think about no, that, actually. No, that. Yeah, Hanji, you don't even see Hanji's. I, at least I didn't see Hanji's. Everyone else is wearing a closed cape. But John wearing the bolo tie, I have to admit, like, that unsettled me in all of those pages that his is so clearly visible. I mean, if I was going to be writing death flag theories, <laughs> I would be mentioning that. But Hanji's going to be fine. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I do <laughs> agree that uh, Jean has the most leadership qualities, but I really hope that they don't uphold the the military structure as is. Mm-hmm. 
because I mean, even the Survey Corps, they basically did a coup and then put like a puppet queen in place and yeah, just pulled more power towards them instead of, you know, I would prefer more power to the people of Paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, I ho- yeah, I hope Jean can retire and live in a fancy house and have a wife and kids and grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he gets that too. Mm-hmm. Coffee, before we go on break, you had an ask about Levi. Did you want to go ahead and uh, read that? And then we'll uh, we'll consider that. And then we'll we'll take a quick break before we come back and finish. Where's the ask? Um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, okay, here's the ask. It said, can you please talk about Levi's motives on the podcast? Thanks, Hart. I think it's so sweet that you got an ask about the podcast. I know. I never get asked, so I get really excited when I get one. That's a hard one, though. It is really hard. Um, what do you guys think? I think you should answer it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Levi's motives. Um, well, Levi, I mm, I should have thought about this more. <laughs> um, I feel like Levi sometimes comes off as very aggressive and um, sometimes it might seem as if he has like this one way of thinking or he acts rashly. Um, and I think a lot of people got the impression that he his only goal is to kill Zeke because I guess that's what he said when he woke up, right? I don't think that's his only goal. I think he also, even though he does sometimes come off as, as brash and, and, and kind of like very straightforward, I think he also has a lot of heart that you see not when he talks, but in his actions, especially dealing with his comrades, his, his fallen comrades or the, or the people that he's working for. Uh, he's in a way very caring. And I think he wants to, in a way, make and we saw this uh, in a few chapters previous, he wants to make the sacrifice of his fallen comrades worth something for it to have some kind of meaning. I think that's what his real motive is, even if his words don't always match what we see, what his actions are, although he he can be uh, quite, quite brash in his actions as well. I agree. I think this ask is coming because people are worried that all he said recently is must kill Zeke, and they're worried <laughs> that that's all he is now. And I, I don't think that's the case either. I think there's a lot more. T- I think people are desperate to get more from Levi than just mm. must kill Zeke. Mm-hmm. But him saying that was a little bit worrying, though, I thought. Yeah, I remember you guys bringing that up um, in your podcast. Right. To yeah, me, I just thought Isayama had... A lot of information to condense. You know, the chapter was already packed, and so he didn't have, he only had time for the bare essentials there. But I do agree that I also wish we'd gotten a little bit more than, you know, must kill Zeke. Yeah, because that, that makes that makes Levi come off as almost like he doesn't care about stopping the rumbling. I just want to kill Zeke because to, to avenge Erwin or something. Like, I mean, I, it sounds weird, in my opinion. Like, up until that point, yeah. I fully agreed with what uh, Coffee said, but at a certain point, like, you just had the whole rumbling explained to you, and you wake up, and the first thing on your mind is, must kill Zeke. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a bit. I think yeah. if you look at the. If you look at the context of that, though, Hanji starts it off. When Hanji realizes that Levi's awake, Hanji mm-hmm. says, well, I know you want to get your revenge, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he, Levi's response is, you know, well, you can't, you can't not do something. So he was speaking about Hanji not, Hanji not being able to, like, do nothing. But mm-hmm. I think it was his way of saying, let's do this. Let's go fight. So I, yeah. I just, I think it was one of those things that was yeah, because yeah. it was so condensed was just really badly worded. Maybe, yeah. Well, we've been recording for about an hour and a half now. Maybe we should take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss Mikasa, Magath, and... Gabby Gang. Gabby Gang. Gabby Gang. Gabby Gang. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and Yelena. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi guys, welcome back. So for our second part, we have a big question that's been bothering us. Regardless of your feelings about Flach, is he hot or not? <laughs> <laughs> and and Petter, you obviously have to go first on this. Like, yeah, yes. no, I think, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do think in, in my Titan Tea Time podcast, I have to mention it by name, uh, I did. I did say something <laughs> in that in that final panel of this chapter. He does look pretty hot. Like I cannot, I cannot deny that. <laughs> it's just like that pose, those clothes. It's, it <laughs> his thighs. Let's just talk about the thighs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait. Wait. I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, he is. He is pretty. I hate Isayama pretty good for looking. this. Guy, and I will say also, I hated his haircut before the time skip. It looked so dorky and ugly, but he he's rocking this current one. All right, coffee. How badass did Flock look in the final panel? What was your pick? Um, okay, he's 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 a snack. He's not a full meal like Aaron. He's not the main course, but he's okay. <laughs> I'm cringing, Luna. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a, a snack. I'd say that. I, I don't know about the baby making thigh still, but uh, <laughs> I think it's the straps. Like, there's something about the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a very. Uh, I think this is the most intimidating I've seen him. What? Which did you select on the poll? Snack. Yeah, he is snack. You did. You picked snack as well. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I did too. I hate to admit it, but. <laughs> This actually came up in the Discord. Uh, Renan was talking about how much more majestic Flock is appearing these days. I mean, he's a character that went from looking like Daz, you know, cowering and crying, runny nose, <laughs> into this kind of imposing, I don't want to say the word, but yeah, he's <laughs> transformed. He really has. <laughs> I still hate him. I still hate him. I, I love to hate him. Me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. less fun now that he's cute. 
Are you falling、mm. in love with a bad boy? <laughs> I am not ever. I hate. I cannot wait for him to die. Like in the podcast、wow. Discord, they got into this huge discussion of his like backstory and how he's transformed and how real. Like all these head cannons about how even though he's smiling when he's do when he's doing these awful things that his eyes are crying and I don't see it at all. I think he's just <laughs> awful, awful. I think he's a coward, a bully, awful. But in the Discord, everyone is like, like they literally could do. We could do a full. Hour-long podcast with their flock head cannons about the complexity of him <laughs> and you know the nuance to his character. I know. I, I remember not this. Being on that one, I remember this because I think you talked about it. You talked very, very negatively about his character. I think two podcasts ago, if I'm if I'm、mm. if I'm not mistaken. And when I listened to it, I I I just wished I could have been there to talk to you guys because I I don't personally. I, I think he is a really well. Created character like his his、mm-hmm. development his character journey from the start until now. I think everything makes sense. He hasn't changed in an unrealistic way, in my opinion. So I think I think I, I brought that right, up. I think it was Nitaku. Nitaku、mm-hmm. was highlighting especially how poorly developed Flock's character. Right. Yeah. Inconsistently. Yeah. It was Nitaku. That's right. <laughs> I don't think it's inconsistent at all. I agree with Petter. I think his character is so interesting because. You can you can kind of see where he's coming from. He he kind of like starts out as someone that you can almost identify and empathize empathize with, and his experiences kind of shape him in like towards this like dark path. He's kind of like a foil for John in that way. They're kind of similar in that they're like. Like they start off as these these people that are like the the everyday man's thoughts, right? And Because of their experiences and the that shaped them, you know, they took very different paths. People always talk about hairball,、um, but yeah, I feel like there is、um, because because they're foils for one another. That yeah, there there should be some kind of confrontation there. Like two sides of the same coin. Is there another soul yeah, video、absolutely. coming up?、Hmm. I they the the guys were pointing out to me that Flock's eyes tell a different story. Do you guys think that he feels? Um, I mean, do you、no. think there's a okay? That what about you, Patter? That's honestly that's not something I've ever thought of, so I can't say <laughs> I can't say yes. You're gonna go through all the chapters now, post time skip and study his face. Just look Just at, deep in the into his eyes. Just go into the podcast Discord. They have a lot of thoughts about this, and I and I will admit when they crop out just his eyes. And I don't know if it's just Isayama's art- artistic style, but I mean, I could, I if I only see his eyes, I would think, okay, yeah, that looks sad. That looks sad. That looks sad. But I, I'm willing to chalk that up. I don't think Isayama's trying to show him as some kind of conflicted and torn.、Mm-mm. No. I mean, but maybe he is. No, ac- actions, actions matter as well, and his actions, I think, make it pretty clear. Yeah, and he is one of the most honest and realistic. Like, like he, he's、mm-hmm. a realist, and he's one of the most honest characters、yeah. in the story. And and that that's been a consistency throughout the entire story. What they、uh, think like, is that Flock、him. is playing a role, like everyone else. Like he's kind of playing to an audience here. That a lot of his actions are not like sincerely things that he wants to be doing. No, there's a lot being put on.、Not. No. I feel like exploding a billion a, a building filled with civilians is not an, an, an act. You know what I mean, right? And taking and taking、uh, joy in it. No, absolutely not. 
Well, I think that's the argument that he's not taking joy in it, that he looks miserable even when he's smiling. And I, I, I don't, think I don't so. know. I think they need, they need to do like the flock video, like a 20 minute <laughs> YouTube video presenting all the evidence and I will watch it. And yeah, we can have the conversation, but I, I just take him at face value. I think he's an interesting character. I don't like him. I don't like his actions, but I, I do enjoy seeing him in the story. Absolutely. So the other, um, question from the podcast that I wanted to get your impressions on was, I think, a big one, one that we as a fandom have been asking, whether or not Mikasa could kill Eren. And Annie is the one that brought that up. Do you think Mikasa could ever bring herself to killing Eren? Hmm. Yes. Why do you think so? Well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced by it, by any, by any stretch, but... I think that it's a possibility with the development that Mikasa has had lately. She like which kind of is to break free and to be her own person and do like an act by herself. If that would co- like if that would lead up to her killing Eren, I mean I feel like that could be satisfying in some way, although I mean it would be incredibly tragic. Um I, I just think I think it's a possibility, but I'm not like totally convinced by it but i think i think yes there is a chance coffee what do you think i think absolutely she could bring herself to do it uh whether or not she actually succeeds i feel that the end result is going to be her dying i think we we were talking about death flags earlier i think i think there is going to be uh, tragedy, and I think that might be one of the reasons why you know we have that flashback where Louise is telling um, Mikasa that Aaron wanted her to throw away the scarf. Maybe he knows that she shows up. Um, maybe he ends up killing her. Uh, probably, he, if if we want like a real like tragedy, he ends up killing her, right? So um, I think that it's quite possible that yeah, I think she could bring herself to do it. Whether she succeeds, I don't know. I still don't see it happening. Just the mere mention of Ani bringing it up, that it could be a possibility, and her not even entertaining the thought makes me wonder if she if she ever could. Well, she and Armin both kind of were like, well, we're going to talk to him first. Like they, yeah, okay. I, and I think that feeds into Humble, Humble Servant on Twitter asked us this very question, not just you know going beyond Mikasa, could any of them do it? You know, especially considering that they need the rumbling. They need they need at least the threat of the rumbling to survive. Let me go ahead and read his um, his question and we can consider it. The humble servant asks, after learning the lessons from uprising, where they had to kill those that disagreed with them simply because of their different perspectives, do you think the Survey Corps will keep the option of the rumbling open and protect Aaron at all costs, or will they really consider killing Aaron and effectively pave the way for the annihilation of Paradise. Will the conflict continue with the Marleans and the Survey Corps? So, I mean, that's a good question. Like, if it if it came down to killing Aaron, could they could they do it? Especially considering the fact that if he dies and nobody eats him, that power goes to a random person, and they lose they lose their trump card. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean. They might have already lost their trump card, right? Because they need someone of royal blood. Uh, we don't well, know what's need, that's, happening. That's with gone C. now. 
We don't know what's yeah. going on with Historia or if she will ever get a Titan. So I think it's quite yeah. possible. You know, Hanji's saying under no circumstances mm -hmm. can I support genocide. And it, it seems like everybody agrees. But if it literally comes down to it, that they have to kill Aaron and lose all protection they have for the island. That's what's make this story so complicated. Well, the thing is also, I don't know if this was an ask or just something I read somewhere, but if they kill Eren, then the Colossal Titans will just be walking around aimlessly, right? Mm. But they yeah, I mean, that that would make sense, yeah. yeah. So it's not that like they just stop and turn back into stone or something again. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be even worse, probably, <laughs> because then they could come back to paradise and trample everyone there. So that's also not good. Either all of those wall titans have to either die, like get killed, or get, I, I guess, transformed yeah. back into to humans. I feel like one yeah. of those two options has to happen before the story is over. Well, they need to find a way to do something with those wall titans before they can figure out what to do with Eren, I guess. Maybe. Well, I mean, and thinking, they don't realize that the royal requirement is now gone. Aaron freed Emir from the mm -hmm. royal requirement, right? Well, I mean, Emir only listen, listened to someone of royal blood. Be but I don't know if that's still a thing now that Aaron, now that she listened to Aaron. Maybe Aaron just took, like got rid of that uh, rule. If that's the case, then anybody... Well, I mean, and then there's that also thing where Emir might be free to make her own decisions now. Exactly. Which, you know, <laughs> that introduces a whole nother. That's one mm. reason why I think Zeke might still be in paths, because I feel like OG Emir isn't done yet. Like, we, mm -hmm. we need more there. And they're either going to go back there or... Well, yeah. I think you still need royal blood to get into paths, right? To actually visit Emir. Well, I think that that was just the rule that one of the earlier kings kind of set... Mm -hmm. Like, gave that Titan power. Well, it's always been the founding Titan that had the unique abilities that they yeah. have. So the founding Titan has always been inherited through a family line. It's always had a, a unique ability. So I can't imagine that that much of it has changed. It was just the ability to renounce war. That is what Aaron freed. Oh, I don't know. It's, 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 my head it's hard to know, for it's sure. Because we, we have so many unreliable versions of, of the story, right? What part is true? Mm. Who's telling the truth? Mm -hmm. Why are they telling the story this way? Um, is it correct in this book or is it correct what, what we've been told? That's what makes it so difficult, right? Yeah. Something that interests me right now regarding Ymir and the Paths is like, we, we, we know that Titan powers still exist. Uh, titan shifters will still heal like they like they do normal like they you know mm -hmm. like like normal and Piek is you know chilling around in, in her car titan but would like so that that, that suggests that emir is still creating titans in the in the path realm but is she because like who created emir's titan right when she first became a titan yeah true that that's also something i've i've thought on yeah maybe that whole theory is wrong actually yeah, we just have so little to go on. But I do think after talking through it, I don't think they can kill Aaron unless they know for a fact somebody else can eat him and mm -hmm. take. They can't just kill him 
straight up. They would have to transfer the power to someone else because they need to be able to stop those wall titans. And as far as they know, well, unless that makes Zeke more valuable, if Zeke of royal blood, if they could kill Aaron and rely on Zeke to stop the titans. But yeah, who knows? Dude, this yeah. is complicated. <laughs> Very complicated. So the other outstanding question, I think, to a lot of people was, where is Aaron? Why um, the fuel capacity of the plane was mentioned as a limited mm -hmm. factor in finding him. That seemed kind of an unusual statement, given his size. <laughs> so it, it did spark a lot of conversation about where is he? Is he on the mainland? Is he on the island? Is he in the ocean? You know, where is Aaron Yeager? Is he in his human form hiding somewhere? You know, I, I, obviously, we have absolutely no way of knowing this. The poll seems to indicate that most people think... That he left for the continent. Yeah, 43% think that he left for the continent. 36% think he's still on parody. So there is some question there. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I don't see how he could... Well, if, if he wants to take the wall titans across the water, I don't think he would be able to leave them. So... And, and like we're not seeing any of the wall titans in sight. So I, I think he's walked across the water with all the wall titans. Like he's building a bridge out of his Warhammer powers. And just, you know, leading leading the, the colossal titans on that, that like over the water. <laughs> yeah. But I th like th that's the best reason or the best explanation that I can come up with uh, as to where that, he is. That makes sense. But then it bothers me that they asked the question right because that means it's not straightforward because like if that were the case they could just follow the bridge right oh yeah true we don't see a bridge or they don't see a bridge maybe the bridge dissolves it up for a reason or, i don't know well i think the yeah. final audio uh, feeds into this as well because it's a hint at where the battle goes from here right final audio tells us nothing <laughs> <laughs> but i it, okay it tells us nothing <laughs> Like, where is he? Because now they asked the question and now it's bothering me because I, I think I assumed like most people that he was headed towards the mainland, right? But if they ask the question, that means it's not the case, right? Yeah. Well, all they said was <laughs> that they, they don't know where he's at. They need to find him and they can't waste resources looking for him. But how could you miss him? He's huge. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Is he still in that form or... Mm -hmm. What, it, was that his final form? <laughs> I'm actually confused now because, like, thinking about it more, I don't think he is doing that bridge thing with the Warhammer Titan powers because if he did, they would they would be able to just follow that bridge. Part of me thinks that the rest of this manga stays on parodies, that Eren is still there, that the, the final battle is there. But because I think the logistics of getting all those Titans across the ocean... Unless it's the kind of thing where he just hand waves it, and next thing we know, there's Titans in Marley, and we don't see how they get there. I mean, he's it's possible. Yeah, but they get on the plane. We know they get on the plane because you hear them on the plane, and you hear the wind flapping around them like as they go to get out of the plane, right? <laughs> so the plane is going somewhere, right? I, I, I feel like it's not on Parody Island. You have to use the plane to get somewhere kind of far away don't you yeah. don't you think so i think so can we listen to the final audio and just see if it if it gives us any clues yeah you can play it okay i have it in the um in the poll document so maybe we'll just well just go ahead and hit play
like around like the 30 second ish mark do you hear that little like like the little transition sound like what is that well you heard it in person how many times did you hear it in person a lot <laughs> okay so a lot um i'm trying to think i i in osaka uh, maybe like three or four times because I think we listened to it a couple of times in a row um, when we were there. And then at the exhibit in Tokyo, like maybe 10, 12, 10 or 12 because sometimes we would go back and listen to it again. In, okay. But the experiences were really different because in Tokyo at Mori um, Art Museum, there was like a, a transition in between audio tracks. So it's like one track but you um there's a scene transition and it, they kind of like represented that um by having two lanterns that you would stand under to listen to the audio and then during the transition part there was like a certain part where you move to the next lantern the next part of the scene so and that's where you kind of hear the little whee, the little um that kind of like transition sound which sounds kind of like I don't know, like otherworldly, and I don't know if it's like a pathy sound or what's going on there, which makes me think, is this happening in reality? Is this happening in a memory? Is it happening in a paths thing? What's going on? But now with the new chapter, the the first scene, and you can't hear it that well in this audio track, but there's really clearly the sound of waves. Like that's the one thing that all the people I talked to that you could hear the sound of waves in the track um, in between like the screaming and the gunfire and everything. So there is like a waves sound in the first mm. part of the audio, right? Okay. So definitely the ocean. Yeah. There's some kind of ocean there. Um, okay. What, what, what about you guys? It always just sounds like, I think the recording we have is only partial and it's very hard, but you distinctly heard three DMGs. Um, yeah, in the going second off. half. Yeah. So when the the scene where you can hear kind of like the whirring of the what we assume is an airplane, some kind of like flying thing. Now, now we know it's probably the seaplane, right? Um, okay. You do hear you hear the wind blowing, right? Because they're they're exiting, um, they're exiting that vehicle, right? And you hear three distinct 3d uh three what do you call it 3dmg um going <laughs> off and so we know for a fact that there's at least three people using 3dmg and at either least entering or we don't know if they're entering the they're, plane or leaving the exiting, plane exiting sure, the plane exiting. okay yeah. all right so and the door to the plane opens three people ex three people leave i think so and there's at least one pilot right because somebody has to be piloting the tr the plane on Yon Kapan again, I, I guess. So who are these people? How many people even fit in that plane? Or just... I don't know. I wonder. They or could, just could like be. riding on top of the wings with their 3DM gear? The plane is the plane was big. We saw a picture of it back in the, um, uh, I think, 108. Don't quote me on that. But somewhere in the 108 range, we saw a picture of it. And it was substantial. It looked like it could hold a number of people. I think Hanji's memory of it look, just looks more like a regular plane but it looked different to me or maybe it was covered up and it looked different i don't know that would be interesting though if um i don't think levi i mean it'd be fun to think that um armin mikasa and levi go get out to go talk to aaron or whatever but i don't know that levi is going to be in any shape to be that third person 
so having heard the final audio, I guess it's been a year now since you, since those events. Is that right? Almost eight months? I think so. Because yeah, it was in the winter time, a lot of it. No, but then there was the Osaka one, which wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. I okay. don't remember. So it hasn't given you any, like, is it, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is it, is it starting to fall into place for you or is it still just as confusing? Like, do you have any theories now based on what you're seeing in the manga? What I think, there's still that iffiness. Like the first scene, I still wonder, like, if it's happening, like in reality, but I feel like now, and and who knows, right? It could be misleading, but I feel like now with where the chapter is going, that the first half could be the battle at the port because the port is on the ocean, right? Where the seaplane would be. And yeah, there's obviously going to be a battle, right? So I feel like that's the first part. And then the transition could be that whatever happens after that, there could be like a chapter or two in between the scenes. And then we get, we go to the the final climax, the seaplane scene, whatever that leads to. And of course, Armin, we know Armin for sure is on the plane because he, he screams Aaron and they, they already told us in the exhibit, but that it is for sure Armin. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Very. <laughs> so confirmation, Armin will see Aaron and will try to talk to him. That's yeah, <laughs> or try to kill him. One of the two, right? well i think he has to talk to him i can't i after thinking about what humble asked and the implications i don't think they can kill aaron i hope they they don't i want aaron to live i want (laughs) i want aaron to be a good guy (laughs) i mean Peter, what's your Aaron? Are you, which take, yeah. which us, which characters do you most enjoy? Um, well, mm. Reiner is definitely my favorite, but Aaron is a close second. Oh, okay. So I, I, I like I like Aaron a lot as well. Um, then I got some other favorites like Historia and Irvin. I suppose Grisha is cool too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I I like I like Aaron a lot for sure. But only like mostly just as a character like i enjoy him as a fictional character he's not someone that i would like to like hang out with in real life you know you don't aspire to be just like him precisely <laughs> mm. <laughs> so if he dies I, I i think that could be good for the story for the sake of the story We've been talking a lot about that whole Lelouch ending thing and come to the conclusion that it's not. It, it's, but it, it's, we probably should be referring to it as the Helos ending because it does seem like Aaron is going to unite the world against him and that it's going to lead to some sort of a peace between the nations. But whether Aaron is deliberately doing it or not is the issue. And most people I've spoken to think that it's not deliberate, that you know it'll be an accidental side effect. So I know some people do think that Aaron is very deliberately making these decisions and has a master plan that we don't know yet. But I I I don't think so. I think he's very sincere on trying to save his people and this is how he thinks he needs to do it. And I think he is going to end up saving his people but as a side effect of them uniting against him, which is terrible. I I do I do really hope coffee that he, you know, you guys get Ever, that the fandom that he, in the end he has some 
emotional moment with his friends, maybe, I don't know, reconsideration or something. I, I do not want it to end this way. Well, if it's like a side effect that he does end up like creating peace for the Eldians, that would be like the only reason I could think of why Grisha would continue to give him or well actually decided to give him the Titan, the attack Titan. Mm -hmm. Because that horrible future that Grisha saw, why would he still go? I think the horrible future that Grisha saw might have just been the rumbling starting, like the colossal titans coming out of the walls and starting to walk around might have just been Mm -hmm. what he thought was so ghastly. Potentially. Mm -hmm. He may have not seen anything past that. It could be like any number of things. Like it could be the attack on Marley. You know, that was pretty oh, yeah. grotesque oh, yeah. and horrific. It, yeah. it could be that, it, like, together with the Colossal Titans, with the walls breaking, so that he, he thinks he, he does have, like, some kind of, uh, for sure, a sinister purpose. Because remember, he supposedly has some kind of control on what the other attack titans see. And then later he shows him more, may- mm. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, right? Mm. Well, I feel like if it was the attack on Liberio, we would have seen that. I don't think Isayama would have left that out. I think it's still something that's going to happen. It could be. Them fighting over who eats the baby. (laughs) 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 I think it's also a possibility that Grisha got the memories out of order. That, you know, he, Mm -hmm. when he, at the moment he injected Aaron, he had not yet seen the vision you know it may be that the memories for sure aren't linear that's kind of interesting how is he going to wrap this up in eight months <laughs> Aaron is going to be vindicated and he's going to be the good guy <laughs> <laughs> it would be a much quicker ending if Aaron just is like psych guys I had a plan all along surprise surprise <laughs> don't worry I got you let's back. go it's save okay. the world together <laughs> that would be easy it's going to go back to the theme of a beautiful but cruel world. We're going to have tragedy, but something good will come from that tragedy. Something beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Isayama is good at like making deaths mean something. You know, I, at least for the most part. You know, especially mm-hmm. Ervin was a, it was a good example. And this chapter we dealt with uh, Marco, like it was like very well executed. And I think if uh, if it's going to be a tragedy with a lot of major character deaths at the end, I don't think it's going to be in vain. I think it's it's going to hold weight and be meaningful. What do you guys think? Like we keep we keep seeing the high school cast, and we saw it in the memory shards. <laughs> do you think the high school cast <laughs> is going to be brought into canon? No. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, officially, they already have been since they're, they're in the memory they're, chart. Yeah, they're in the chart, right? So it's there. Yeah. And he seems to really <laughs> love that story. Yeah. What is that? The, did you see the um, the new the new event the event in his hometown? There's a short uh, comic about it. I don't think I've seen that going around the no. city. Yeah, we should um, oh, we should yeah, mention no, that. So you are yeah. going to be attending, or you, uh, coronavirus willing, uh, <laughs> you have tickets to go to see to the event, right? We sure do. And you also received your packet this week, 
with um, most of it. Yeah. Okay. You haven't gotten the tickets yet, but you've gotten everything else. Mm -hmm. Just the tickets and the ID holder. That's all we're missing. Okay. And on your website, have you, you, I know you have it on your Twitter account. Do you have it on your Tumblr account too? The, the information, the comic that you received and the other items? I haven't put it on Tumblr yet. And I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence of, is it okay to put the entire mm, thing up? Yeah. Should I do it? Should I not do it? I'm kind of wondering if other people have done it or not. And then I would feel more comfortable with it. But I wonder if, if it's okay or not. So I'm kind of on the fence yeah. about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure yet. And some people have offered to translate it and everything. So I'm kind of thinking about it now. I, I did share a couple of photos of it though, like some close-ups and stuff. All right. Well, we won't, we won't link to anything then, but so, so the link, package you that you, I mean, if it's oh, okay. up, it's up, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, but it is, he did decide to use the high school cast on the information. I mean, it, he's continuing that theme, right? Mm-hmm. Did you want to describe it a little bit? Like what, what you received? Yeah, sure. Um, so we, we, um, we did the one where you receive the poster and you receive a mini comic and you receive the the sketch of the the statue and some bonus rejected sketches. One of them is the the trio Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin, like uh, in complete fear and shock, I guess, of seeing like the colossal titan and and uh, some people don't like it because Armin um, has peed himself in the <sighs> illustration and I didn't notice <laughs> that right away, but. I mean, it, it's it's oh. almost humor, right? They all look terrified out of their minds. <laughs> wow! Um, and then another one is them in like this very improbable, uh, like a how do you say like a formation of where they're kind of like in the air and they're creating a circle out of their bodies in the 3D MG. And that one was uh, he he writes, oh, it's rejected because it's too difficult to to do. Um, and so they're really cute. Like the the rejection ones are really cute and. Fun. There was a couple of postcards, um, the thank you, the, the thank you illustration that he did with everybody like we did it and um, a miniature postcard of the poster. And it comes like yeah, all in like this little um, this green case. And what else was there? I think that's it. And then um, we got the the two. Um, they're like wooden tickets that have our names on it. And I guess probably the date, which is probably why they haven't sent it to us yet. Mm. And then an ID holder. That's the package that we got. Okay. So he did use the high school cast again, though, as he, he nice. kind of mixed up the high school cast with the canon cast in the package. Yeah, well, the high school, yeah, the high school cast is the the kids going sightseeing in his hometown and kind of like pointing out the points of interest that you can go oh. and visit when you go there. Wow. I, it's kind of nice to see them all happy and together <laughs> and enjoying food and all of that. It's really cute. Well, we'll link to um, the Twitter posts that you made on it if you're okay with that. That way people totally who have not. Yes. Okay. And uh, hopefully that will be rescheduled at a time convenient to you to actually go. When was it supposed to happen? The statue unveiling? Um, it was supposed to happen at the beginning of April, April 5th. Oh, wow. I believe. Yeah. Right before school started. So we were <laughs> really excited. We were going to take a spring, a spring break trip, a mommy and son trip and go see Oita and all like the historic places and eat some Toriten and uh, do all of that stuff. But no, it wasn't in the cards. Oh, and we were going to see the mountain on fire because like in Beppu, they have like a festival and they set the mountain on fire and it looks really cool. 
but not this year. Has it officially already been postponed or, or you've not gotten official? We got the mail like a few weeks ago, the email. Okay. Well, at least your event got postponed. You know where I was supposed to be today? (gasps) Oh my gosh. The concert. The concert? Yeah. Oh, it's so Was that today? Oh, man. Yeah, it was today. No. And instead, you're talking to us. Mm -hmm. But they might. They might. I think they're looking for a new date for that one as well. So I think so. I think they, they are just... That was the concert in Germany? Yeah. So they're just looking for a new date, but God knows when, because... No one knows, because... No um, one knows this when thing... this coronavirus will blow over, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, um, <laughs> it's very it's awesome. concerning. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well. Well, next chapter. So the we have the battle at the port, which obviously is the next step on their path to saving the world. Uh, le- several people have pointed out how it doesn't look like an even battle, right? We've got a bunch of basically new recruits, and then we've got all these experienced warriors, titan shifters, you know. What are you guys expecting? You know, with, yeah. the, with the series ending soon and all the death predictions that are being made, if people are going to die, they need to start dying. But I just don't see any of our cast dying in the battle at the port. What are you guys thinking? Well, I still think it's a possibility for Hanji to <laughs> to go down. Hush. It's not it's not something I want. But I do think mm-hmm. that Jean stepping in and taking more of a leadership leader role would be more likely if that happened. But I don't know. I mean, we got five Titan shifters and two Ackermen on the on the alliance. So that's uh, that's a pretty OP team. Although one of the Titan shifters is a newbie and one of the Ackermans is very injured. But the Jaegerist threat needs to end quickly. They need to just stamp them out. That way they're not in the way for what they need to do next. So I do see this battle at the port being decisive in favor of the Avengers. <laughs> like unequivocal, they're going to get stomped. Flock has led all these people on the, his own suicide mm-hmm. charge, basically. So do you think they're going to, do you think the Alliance, I, I don't want to call them the Avengers. Do you think the Alliance is going to completely like, wipe the floor with the Jaegerists here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I kind of I hope mean, they don't. I mean, reasonably. I think, I think that for the story to finish, it, it might take two or three chapters. This might be, the battle at the port might be two chapters. And yeah, maybe Connie or uh, who knows, maybe somebody will get <laughs> Oh, it's always hurt. Connie. <laughs> but I don't see... I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody thinks, let's see, 71% chance Flock dies, Yelena's at 50, Hanji's at 50, mm. Magath at 44, <laughs> Magath needs to live. Yeah. He's got to build the new world. Yeah, he and Hanji <laughs> both need to live. I'm sorry. Uh, Connie, 37. But um, yeah, I see it being a complete wipeout. I see, I see Jaegerist threat ending at, with this battle. That. They have a lot of numbers and they have this mm. Titan, the Thunder Spears, mm. right? And I think Shadis is going to show up with reinforcements. I feel like there's going to be a part where they yeah. they start kind of like um, like suffering in the battle, and then they come back. They he jumps in, and maybe maybe he dies. You know, like he sacrifices himself for humanity. Oh, oh, we forgot. Oh, we forgot we? to put him on the list. Oh. That would have been a good one. I oh. did. Yeah, two omissions. Oops. Two things we forgot. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> but I want Hanji to live. I really do. I think they will. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So what are you guys hoping to see next chapter? Aaron? <laughs> Aaron? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't want to see Aaron yet. I, I want them to focus completely on this scene now. I don't know. I don't want to shift perspectives again. Yeah, I don't either. So I, I want I want the, maybe a battle to start, or or if they're gonna go a more diplomatic route, which I don't think is more as likely. I think I mean there there it's going to be a there's going to be a a battle here, most likely, and I think that's going to be probably the bulk of next chapter. Mm-hmm. Probably. Wouldn't it be interesting if they do go in like kind of like as like a decoy, like kind of like starting, like looking like they're going to diplomatically discuss and then they, it, it escalates into like a battle. Maybe they have like people like hiding in the background or something like discussing. I mean, the Jaegerists probably don't know that the warriors are with the mm-hmm. 104th right now right? or with the, the scouts. Yeah. And I kind of want to, I kind of want a discussion between flock and them i want to hear what they would talk about mm. i want to hear what role kiyomi plays in it like whose side is she on she's on the side of money wouldn't it be crazy if historia <laughs> is at the port that would be crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> why would she be there i know why would she be there was she was she kidnapped <laughs> did she go along willingly what i mean i i want her to be back in the story in some shape or form oh yeah me too i like I, i'm more excited to see her again than i am to see either erin mm. or zeke again in the poll when we asked what do you want most want to see next chapter historia has been um the highest one but we're back to erin's pov being number one now i stand by the fact that we are not going to get erin's pov we'll yeah. get we'll get it through other people if he has a plan B, I think that's what people are holding out hope for. We need to know what it is. I think we'll get his POV eventually, not next chapter for sure, though. Yeah, it would be. It would feel very like unnatural to move the story, like to shift the focus over to Aaron, mm-hmm. like right, right here. I feel. I'm actually. I'm very surprised by by how many people would prefer to see Aaron's point of view next chapter instead of the continuation of where they are and where they are in the story right now. Yeah, I wonder what caused the uptick. Because, I mean, it's always on there. It's always something people want. But it, it's it's a little, you know, it's it's more than a third this month. I guess mm. we just want to see where he is. Like, even I'm curious, like, what he's doing right now. And um, only 5% pick Zeke. <laughs> and Zeke is the one I'm curious about. Like, what the heck? How is he going to be important? <laughs> I just, I mean, we all want everything. We want it now. And, Yeah. But I do think we're going to get the continuation at the port. Mm-hmm. Coffee, I have a question for you. How did, big do you think the chances that future volumes will be delayed because of the corona thing going on? Oh, I hadn't actually even thought of that. Now, I know anime seasons are being delayed. RE0 has been delayed. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Coffee? I don't think the magazine will be delayed. Unless, unless, um, you know, at least for, for what we care about, I don't think Shingeki no Kyojin will be delayed unless Isayama gets sick. Uh, knock on wood, hopefully oh. he, he doesn't. <laughs> um, I think the magazine goes out regardless. Um, 
if, if if something happens to uh, one of the artists, they'll they'll find filler to fill in that space in the magazine. But I I think the magazine will go out no matter what. Hopefully, Shingeki no Kyojin also goes out with that <laughs> yeah. magazine because he hasn't taken a break yet. So yeah, <laughs> he's, <healthy> yeah. <laughs> he's a champ. Stay yeah. well, Isayama, yeah. please. <laughs> Now I'm thinking, what like, what if coronavirus like gets the best of Isayama and he can't even finish the story? No. Oh goodness! He don't gets, don't say things like that. He catches it from going to that spa with his coworkers. Please no. So many body fluids around there. Oh my god. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've, I've thought of that as well. I think that's a good good possibility. I mean, I think it's already... I mean, they said... Didn't they say last year that it was going to come out or at least start airing in 2020? Yep. Yeah, but they said in, in autumn, though. So there's still plenty still, of time. But I, I still think that's... I still think they're taking, like, too much water over their heads with that, with, like, with that promise. Yeah, they announced that real quick, mm. and they announced that it's the final yeah. season, and I'm like, man, this story is still going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. It could be the final season with the movie at the end. I, mean. I would love that. And it's kind of cool, because like I think a lot of people worry with the final movie that you wouldn't be able to see it. But if you look at like IG, like um, IG, what is it called? IG Productions? Mm -hmm. They do this other show called Psychopath, yeah. and they had the season... And they're ending the season with the movie, and the movie is being released um, simultaneously, I think, on Amazon or something. Oh. So internationally, everybody mm. will be able to watch it, which would be amazing if they did something like that with Shingeki. That would cool. be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Coffee, we're glad you're as guest as well, because we had another ask that you might have some insight on. It was Ambassador Aguino on Twitter. Do you think there's a difference how the Japanese audience views the manga versus the Western audience? And since you are there in Japan... Um, I, you, I know that you don't, um, do you read, you don't read Japanese, do you? I read some Japanese. Um, okay. I'm not good at it. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty you, bad at it, but. So yeah. without like being in the boards and the message boards and whatever, what, what do you think there's any big differences there? I have a pretty limited interaction because I interact with Japanese fans mostly on Twitter and it's usually people that I've met at events. So it's very um, like character focused or event focused. So like it's either like Aaron fans or somehow I run into like a lot of Irwin fans. And it's, it's like just really, really interesting. And um, so I, I see mainly like that kind of point of view. Um, although I do sometimes see people talking about the story. But I don't know if it's like a Japanese fan versus Western fan thing, because within the Japanese fan, there's like so many different points of view, too. And within the Western audience, there's so many different points of view, too. Yeah, we have LSJ in our Discord server, and um, she does visit the forums there. And most it does seem like a lot of the same conversations happening there. I'm sure there's like a cultural nuance to some things, but in the most part, it's people arguing about the same stuff that we <laughs> argue about. She said this month there was the huge argument over whether or not the girl in the dream was Mikasa or just Jean's idealized woman, <laughs> So, which is a debate that we had. But once in a while, LSJ will give us a theory that she's found on the boards that I've never seen before. But in general, it's been kind of just more of the same. I really appreciated that last month, like they were just as confused as we were about the chapter. <laughs> yes, that was good to know, wasn't it? 
So now it's time for a favorite of ours, Polka's Quick Fire. <laughs> so, uh, Peter, do you know how it goes? Uh, I think so. It's just like a quick answer from everyone. And you get the choice of two options. And so let's do the order. Peter, coffee, and then Montaco. Sounds good. Okay. All right. First one, Jean or Reiner? Definitely Reiner. John. John. Reiner. Hanji or Levi? Hanji. Oh, so hard, uh, Hanji. <laughs> uh, it's I'm like oh, <laughs> um, Levi. This is a tough one, Levi. Mikasa or Ani? A little bit tough, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Mikasa. Me too, Mikasa. Mikasa. Ani. Uh, Gabby or Falco? Gabby all the way. Gabby. Gabby gang. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also going to go with Gabby, surprisingly. What? <laughs> I am shocked. Uh, well, you know. Anime betrayal, top ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, give the kid a goddamn personality then. Come on. Yeah, he needs one. I think if Falco had had that huge emotional moment you were hoping for. Yeah, or even this um, chapter. Did he even talk? I don't yeah. even know anymore. <laughs> Just... He said like a few few words. Yeah. He said please a couple times, I think. <laughs> that makes all the difference. Okay, next one. <laughs> uh, Magath or Peak? After this chapter, I'm going to have to definitely go with Magath. Peak. Peak. I'm also going to go with Magath. Now, for the last one, Yelena or Floch? I like Flock as, like, the way Flock has been written is is something I really enjoy, so I'm, I have to go with Flock. <laughs> Yelena. Yelena. Flock. At least he has the baby making thighs, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can't resist those thighs. Okay. D did you see his thighs? <laughs> I mean, guys, never mind. <laughs> They're good. They're good thighs. Okay, so next one are just questions, and you have to give a one-name answer. Oh. So, who will die next? Flock. Flock? Shadis. Sorry, Kingsbury. I think Shadis as well. Okay, who do you want to live by the end of the story? Um, wow. One name. <laughs> Actually, l let me say Reiner, just just to be a little bit different, because mm. I mean, I, I love him as a character. I think it would be awesome if he got an unpredictable ending where he is able to live at least somewhat happily. I think, yeah, Reiner. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron. No. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I both of you guys have like that. I would be so surprised if either Reiner or Aaron is alive by the end of this story. So, Same. yeah. Um, surprise, a surprise live at the end of the story. I don't want it to be Flock. I, I think I'm going to go with Reiner. I still think Colt will live. <laughs> Colt. Oh, wait. <laughs> I take it back. Emir. <laughs> Freckled Ymir is alive at the end of the story. I cannot believe I missed Whoa. this chance. We have to do it over. 
Emir. <laughs> Emir. Got wow. it. There is no way Emir's story is over. Emir's alive. I have a whole theory for it. You can read it on my website, <laughs> tumblr.momtaku.com, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Emir. <laughs> Next question. Who will be happy by the end of the story? Mm. I'm going to say Gabby. Aww. I actually really think Gabby is going to be happy at the end of the story as well. Mm. I do too, but I'll add Mikasa to the list. I want Mikasa to Yeah, I was also going to go with Mikasa. Okay, so last round of questions, and this time you can give multiple names. So who will fight next? Which two people? Well, let's go with... uh, I think it would be satisfying to see a fight between Flock and John. Yeah, I think um, Flock and John or Flock and Shadis. I feel like Shadis is coming. Mm. Shadis is coming! (laughs) (laughs) Shadis is coming. (laughs) Maybe. I want to say Hanji and Zeke because I just want that. I I want to find out what Zeke is doing right now. Well, I don't think it will be the next fight, but I'm really looking forward to a final Ani versus Mikasa showdown. We haven't talked about that. Wasn't that awesome, though? The fact that the world is ending and Mikasa is still willing to take Annie down. Like, <laughs> forget this piece. Forget us getting along. I'm going to cut you. I just love it. Ackerman's and their grudges, right? <laughs> right. Yes, Ackerman's do not let go of a grudge, uh, from no. what I can tell. <laughs> Evidence would indicate that, yeah, they have their priorities. Okay, next one. Which unlikely friendship can you see? This is a re- like probably the hardest question out of these. Do I have to go first? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <sighs> um, maybe, I know you just saw, said that you saw them fighting, but maybe Mikasa and Annie. Hmm. I'd love to see Yelena actually become friends with somebody, like actually oh. have feelings for somebody. I have, you know, kind of a soft spot there for Peek and Yelena anyway. That would be, or Hanji and Yelena. Mm. I think I have a, I have a pair. So the unlikely friendship between Kiyomi and Flock. What, what if, what if she's that. not being kept hostage? Uh-huh. She's there as a guest. Huh? Yeah, I see that. I, I was kind of thinking about that reading the chapter because like he's not pointing the gun at her, right? And she's sitting pretty calmly. Right, yeah. She isn't like tied to the chair or anything. She's just mm-hmm. sitting there. <laughs> yeah. It could be interesting. Okay, so could you see, let's see, Floch and Karina? Why would you bring Karina abroad? Reiner's mommy? <laughs> <laughs> no, just that no. Would be Nobody unlikely, can be nice sure. to Corinna. She's awful. <laughs> Could you imagine, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't really know if I can see anyone becoming friends mm, that aren't already like sort of on friendly terms with one another. So, okay, last one. Who will be alive by the end of the story? Armin. Okay, let's clarify this, because I do think there's going to be an epilogue, and I think that characters who survive the final battle will be dead by the epilogue. Oh. Oh, wow. My epilogue is that Jean 
Mikasa, Hanji, Historia are still alive. But that's it. Like, I feel like everyone else will die between the final battle. And like Armin might survive the final battle, but then die of Titan AIDS. Oh, man. Before the (laughs) epilogue. (laughs) So I don't know what end of the story means. Are we including the epilogue? I'd say yes. If you you imagine there being an epilogue, then I think you should count that. So then I went out of order, but I think Jean, Mikasa, Hanji, Historia. I want Aaron to survive, but I... (laughs) I feel like he might not, but I, I feel like the kids, Gabby and Falco, for sure, and I feel like they're going to make that new future. Yeah, I think the kids will live, and Jean and Mikasa as well. Hanchi and Magath, I can see living. I also definitely see the kids. <laughs> yeah. Although, ECM has had children die before, so... Yep. I guess they're not totally off the table. You don't give me all that character development with Gabby and then kill her. Come on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please, no. (laughs) Okay, well, that was the entire podcast. Yay, we did it. We made it through. (laughs) Petter, are you sick of Attack on Titan now after having discussed (laughs) it out loud for 10 hours in less than two days? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I, I I won't get sick of it that easily. <laughs> good, good. Before we say goodbye to everyone, we have some housekeeping to do. So as you know, you can go to our website and uh, either sign up to be a guest or give us episode feedback. And we haven't really replied to everyone who has applied or sent in a comment. We're really sorry about that. We're going to get to you. We have read all your comments and we really appreciate them and also all of your applications. Please know that we're always considering everyone who applies. One thing on the application we have been asking for is, you know, what kind of contributions have you been making? It's just a nice to know what sort of ideas you have before we bring you on, who your favorite characters are and so on. And also we um, are probably going to be adding an audio upload on the form as well so that I don't know if the word audition is right, but, you know, just to kind of hear you speak and get an idea for, you know, how well that would fit in with us. So those are all some considerations that we're putting into the guest process. Finally, last time we mentioned that we were going to update our Patreon. We haven't quite gotten to that yet, uh, but as soon as I have time, I'll get to that. Our current patrons will be updated, of course, and we'll definitely make sure that uh, you keep the benefits you signed up for at least. Is there anything else housekeeping-wise? I don't think so. Just the live stream with coffee. We're going to be recording that in two days, which will not be before we get this out. (laughs) But um, if you're listening to this podcast and you missed that live stream, go look for it. I think we've got tons of photos of the events that coffee's attended, and those are always a lot of fun to listen to. Mm, They are. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. And uh, listen to Titan Tea (laughs) Time. (laughs) (laughs) If you manage three hours of our podcast, by all means, please go over to do more. (laughs) Titan Tea Time. This month's episode is uh, this month's episode is one hour and forty minutes. Okay, so it's a relatively short. I mean, it's still kind of long, but I'm always jealous at how concise yours are. (laughs) Um, How long have you guys been doing? You've been doing this since uh, which chapter did you guys begin with? We started with. 119, so fairly recently compared to you guys. So this was our ninth. Well, we definitely both enjoy it. So do you think Mm -hmm. it's 
anyone who enjoys Attack on Titan would certainly enjoy listening to you guys as well. Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, if if you if uh, anyone listening to this wants to check that out, maybe there's a link in the description. I don't there know. We will definitely leave a link. And you guys are now on. You were YouTube only, but you are on Spotify now. Or what? What? what how would people listen to you? Because YouTube's yeah. not easy. We we do. Right. We we do always upload to YouTube first, but then whenever we, as, as soon as we, we uh, are able to, we do get it also up on Spotify and iTunes. And I think there's a few other services as well. I'm not really in charge of that whole process. I have other people <laughs> on, on the, uh, who also drive that, that YouTube channel who kind of handle that mostly, but definitely Spotify and iTunes at okay. least. And you will also have a Discord server? I know ours is just basically for guests. We use it for scheduling and it's grown a little bit. Patreon's scheduling and all of our previous guests are there, but you all have a uh, public YouTube or, I mean, a public Discord or? We actually kind of have two. <laughs> we, we, have, we have two public Discord servers, one for, for the podcast network because Titan Tea Time is kind of part of a network of podcasts oh. called uh, Cosmic Casters. We do Zelda podcast and Fire Emblem podcast and a few other one-offs and here and there. So we have a server for that, which anyone is, is welcome to join. And we also have an Attack on Titans, uh, like Titan Tea Time specific uh, Discord server, uh, which is open for anyone to, to join. Great. Good to know. I love the name for your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <It's> so great. <laughs> this is a very good name too, although it's very niched. I imagine most people, even big Attack on Titan fans don't really understand the like the reference you hear big girls i i love it though <laughs> just because it's so like so special uh <laughs> that was all luna luna came up with that but i like it too i oh, feel nice. like it, it could be multi-purpose except that you know it's clever that's all that's yeah. all luna i mean Montaka didn't want it in the beginning because she thought well if you're not familiar with attack on titan you might be thinking this is a whole different type of podcast I love it. True, so. it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Although, I mean, it says like Attack on Titan podcast yeah, on like yeah. the YouTube channel, that's right? True. I feel like Something if like you're that. listening to this podcast, you're like a pretty hardcore fan, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess anyone who doesn't get it, it works just because, you know, it's a female podcast. But for those mm -hmm. that do, the fact that it's a play on a Sawano song, it's kind of a fun Easter egg. <laughs> Absolutely. I think naming your podcast is like naming a dog. You have to go stand on the back porch and shout it a couple of times and just make sure you can live with it. And um, yeah. when Luna suggested you hear Big Girl, and I like I literally was like, I, I just started saying it over and over. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I love it. This It's this or nothing. So Awesome. <laughs> I, I remember I just wanted alliteration and also for it to be kind of obviously about some something with Titans. So I figured I, I thought of Titan Tea Time, just like TT. Mm -hmm. I think it's catchy. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I'd like to thank you guys for for inviting me on. It was a blast <laughs> to talk about this chapter with with all with all of you. It was it was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we loved having you. And um, you too, coffee. Always a pleasure. Do we even ask you what time it is right now, or no? Um, it's uh, three nineteen <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> We really appreciate you being with us. Yeah. We're looking forward to the live stream with you. You're and your energy at 3 a.m., I just can't even. I had coffee and I had an energy drink. Um, I might not be able to sleep now <laughs> after this. <laughs> but I love Good luck. 
talking with you guys. And it was so nice talking with Petter too. Um, it was just so lovely hearing everybody's really point of view, you know? I agree. Well, I'd like to thank everyone who's Seems listening. Like <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone who has listened to our podcast. If you've made it this far, thank you for joining us. Appreciate all the support we receive. Um, the likes, the reblogs, the retweets, the Patreons. We appreciate you all so much. Thank you again to our guests for being with us, Coffee and Patter. And thank you to Kenny, uh, Carol, Simon, and Taryn for being our patrons. And we'll see you soon, Coffee, on the live stream. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast as well. Thank you, as always, for offering your hearts and your ears. And until next month, or whenever corona allows us <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye bye yay All right. Does anyone want to take okay. an actual break? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Back in a few minutes. Um, oh, yeah. See you soon. back hi <laughs> that was fast uh, yeah we we all we all kind of hopped in at the same time it seems